Hello, Legionnaires, and welcome to episode 145 of RPG Digest. In segment one, we read through a tabletop RPG to introduce it to you, and oftentimes to ourselves. In segment two, we provide higher-level overviews and fundamentals, and even the occasional how-to of systems, settings, and game mechanics. I am John Maxley-Oshlow, your favorite curmudgeon, critic, and judge. Along with me, as usual, is your fifth horseman of the apocalypse, Brett Heathen Dog Grissomer. How are you today, sir? <laughs> I'm well. I am the horseman of happiness. The Yay! Horseman of happiness. Is that an apocalyptic horseman, though? No, no, no. I'm I'm the I'm the anti-horseman, according to them. They're like war, pestilence, famine, death. I'm caring and sharing and and deception uh, and no, 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 no. <laughs> Truthfulness. And when I when I combine, I can do a care bear share thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay that is pretty apocalyptic right there <laughs> you win thank you now i i want to get into to the new things that happened to me this week because I've, I've got a trip planned and it should be pretty awesome but Go ahead. yours is awful and i want to hear a lot of it this training you're going through how what levels of hell are we talking about here are we talking upper levels like oh stealing bread are we talking lower levels like like diddling your mom and and killing your kids and stuff. What what, what are we what are we talking about here? The, it's it was just poorly planned. That that's the main thing. If it was an overview, it dove way too deeply into it. And if it was supposed to dive deep, even the lady who was giving the training class said it takes uh, some of their experts four years to learn it. And how I long had do a, you have? I had a week. Right. Now, the, the intent wasn't to teach us everything about it. It was to teach us what it can do, which tells me that it's an overview. Great, you taught us what it can do. Why are we doing step-by-steps? Why are you talking about SQL? You know, this is how you get into the SQL database. This is the exact command that you use to, to fix it. Uh, so on so forth. By the way, you can look up what it is uh, online. It's called a JTLS-GO, G-O. And it goes to a website called Rollins, I think it is. That's the company that puts it out. Uh, it's like a super mega war game, Battletech on not only steroids, but every piece of fentanyl and meth that you can find out there. Um, things, but okay, that's weird. It it go it goes way deep into like about the only thing it doesn't consider is literally every individual troop. Like it doesn't consider Brett Grismer, but it does consider your squadron, fuel, flight paths, bridges political uprisings uh uh just all types of stuff and it's you know based on since they've been programming this since 1983 it's on so, version it's on version six so it's it's the ultimate deep dive uh axis and allies that that you know you everyone's had that one game where where either you've played it or you've heard about it where this this game took four or five days to complete yeah. this one would take four or five weeks Oh yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. When they run simulations, they very, they're, they're very focused. So let's just arbitrarily let me pick something that's not real. Antarctica. We decided okay. that from McMurdo, the Chinese were going to invade McMurdo. Some... You could set up that scenario, and you know this is what we presume they'd use. It uses all, all unclassified data, so wrong, <laughs> for uh, for for all the units. But then what you're supposed to do, because everything is customizable, what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to go in and adjust it with, well, the real Intel information. So, uh, but if you wanted to, you could run Star Wars on there. Like you could just change all the, it would take you probably a year or two to do it. 
but you could go in, rename every piece of equipment, what goes on. You could have that Star Destroyer outfitted with exactly what whatever source books or canon says, outfitted perfectly, including how fast it can travel, including the troops that are on it, including its capabilities in terms of fighters and, and, and dropping people to the ground and assassin droids, yada, yada, yada. You absolutely could do that. If it can be done on, on a military scale. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I have a question. I don't know if you know the answer to this. Your instructor may have said it as an aside. Is there a version for the baby Space Force? No, because it doesn't. Uh, I mean, yes, in terms of does it include satellites? Yes. And does it include units from the Space Force? Yes. But I, I guess I don't. Unless I'm not understanding what you're talking about. Well, you know, like... Uh, I see you smile there. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, attacks that originate and whose whose main in initial uh, actions are from space. Yes. Controlled by Space Force. Yes. Okay, okay. And is, do you know of any uh, any alien invasion scenario? No. In fact, when I joked about that, I got... <laughs> I got glares. That, that, that must mean there is one. It's just secret. <laughs> You're not allowed to know. I, well, I mean, we're it was taught at the TSSCI level, so um Well, SCI is compartmentalized, so you're not you're not allowed to know that it's a different compartment than you. Well, you, you I think you're thinking SAP more than but I but I do get what you're saying. Yeah. Um no the the application itself is CUI. Oh sorry, class um I forget the fuck it's for fishy use only is what it used to be stand for. Now they got new classification nonsense. Um but that's because they're required to do it. Nothing in there was actually again, you can get the Jane's books and find out all the information that's in there. Okay. But yeah, that's the thing is, but, you know, editing terrain and figuring out uh, just all types of stuff, man, it can do everything with that. And we had one week training on it. So if you had four years to actually, you know, get get good scrub with yeah. it, it would be the ultimate simulationist board gamers dream. Oh, yeah, dude. Well, uh, people who work for us on the contract civilian side are people who have actually put out real world games that sell through real world companies. I'm just not allowed to talk about that. I'm not allowed to put named, named, a, named a game. Okay. And even if, even if you say the game, we can look up the name right. or vice versa. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, to be a hundred percent clear though, I don't know the game cause I'm not a war gamer. Hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah. Uh, anyway. So. Okay. All right. Then me. All right, so uh, one more thing. Community. I had one more thing. Oh, you did? What? I had a power. I had a power outage. Oh, that's right. You had a power okay, outage. Today. I'm I done. Don't know if you want to talk about it? Or not. I don't know <laughs> if you want to talk about it or not. It's all good. That's it. All I right. had a power outage this morning. We're we're good. Yeah, and it ended up being a non thing. So far, but uh, a couple weeks ago, my my wife came to me and says, "You know what? We should take another vacation." I was like, "We just had a vacation in February. We went to Florida. We just had this thing." Yeah, but I want another one. I'm like, oh, fine. So I started looking up stuff. You know, I don't want just a, I want something that we've never done before and, and so, something that my son would appreciate. So I started to look up, uh, trains, passenger Amtrak passenger train. And I found a, a pretty affordable vacation package because, uh, I live near enough to Chicago to where I can get there. It's not going to be a giant hardship and that's a giant hub. So going from Chicago to almost anywhere on a vacation pack is pretty cheap. So what I got was it's a, it's a five day trip. You start in Chicago, a, a little over a day 
to New Orleans and I did with the, with the vacation package. You're not just in a stupid little airplane seat for a day and a half. That's, that's crazy. I'm not doing that. No, I got a private, private cabin beds, all the thing, you know, the whole deal. And then uh, three days with hotel accommodations with a tour every day, a city, city tour, swamp tour, cemetery tour, and then a day and a half back. And then uh, travel back from Chicago to my home. And there, and the whole thing was like 20, it was about $3,000. For how many people? For three. All three of you? So yeah, about $1,000 each? Okay. Yeah. $1,000 a piece for five days with accommodations included. You know, I have to pay for one or two meals a day, but I, I checked the hotel. It's the Hyatt, it's the Hyatt Regency, I think. No, no. Uh, Crown something. I forget the name of it. Uh, we did, didn't we stay at it and we went to Gen Con? The Crown. Oh, the uh, I thought it was the Weston is the one that I went when you went. It it could have been, but the they also have a Crown something hotel okay. there in the French Quarter. So and it it gives free free breakfast. Okay. And yeah, I, I usually sit at the Marriott. Correct. Uh, Amtrak is more comfy when you when you're doing a, a longer run because you know you can get yourself a cabin and even the seats are bigger and spaced farther apart because you don't need to creme in like like sardines to to make profit because i i believe be be because amtrak also does cargo for the government they get some kind of subsidy on passenger tra travel i'm not sure i'm unclear on that i heard that somewhere i don't know if it's true or not but uh the uh, tickets are significantly cheaper for the for what you get because food is included drink you know water and sodas are included stuff like that so it is significantly cheaper per minute <laughs> that you're on the conveyance so we're going to do that next month so I, I won't be here on the 6th he'll be all alone or or maybe crafty will get another day off he'll punch his wife in the face and he'll be able to come on here himself See, he left, so I can say that, and he's not going to know anything. Maybe. So, yeah, that's it. The sixth, huh? I won't be on leave that week. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm on. Uh, well, actually, I'm technically working Monday, uh, teleworking. Mm. <laughs> they, they, they're like, you can come to work, but the building won't be open. So you can take leave or you can telework. I'm like, I guess I'm teleworking. <laughs> so I don't want to take leave. But I am taking leave the rest of the week. So I have this Wait, wait, wait. The, the sixth? This sixth? No, 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 not the sixth. The uh, what's tomorrow? Third. Third. Yes. Yeah. Third. third. And I, I have the rest of the week off after. Really? Oh, you took vacation days for the rest of the week. Yeah. Uh, the so you know so you know my vacation issue, right? I wouldn't even call it issue. Uh, where I don't take vacation like the first half of the year, and because I was overseas, I have 120 extra hours that a lot of people don't have still banked. And if you ever go below that, you'll lose that threshold. Yeah. Right. So I don't. <laughs> I heard I don't go below because if something were to happen and I want to give them all the middle finger for a while and take a few extra days off or, you know, if I do something ridiculous and, you know, have to use the leave, I, I want to have it there. But um, so I, I don't really take leave at the beginning of the year much. It's cold. It's, you know, whatever. But starting this month, I have one week because yeah, we're in July. I have one week off a month for the rest of the year and two weeks off in November. Why November? Uh, because it's in between uh, veterans. 
yeah, Veterans Day and Thanksgiving. Because all my leave I took in conjunction with holidays, so I'm not actually taking, with the exception of August. Uh, so I'm only taking four or five, six days off to get, you know, 10, 12, whatever. Okay. So I'm usually taking four, four days of leave to get uh, five days off. Do you plan on taking your wife to see the country? She wants to. Go on a drive? Rent, rent, rent an RV? Going to super debt? Nope. No. <laughs> nope, that won't happen. I was really planning on going home for my 50th this year because my mom wants to see me. It's her uh, birthday she, too, right? Well, it's her birthday's the beginning of September. Mine's the middle of August. And so I figured I'd go home for three weeks or something like that, catch both of them, hang out with people like Von Zarek, talk to some old friends, yada, yada. But that was because the government was supposed to pay that. Uh, well, for me, it'd be about $18,000 raise for IT folks. And now I'm coming to find out. Then they said, well, well, they'll probably do it the next fiscal year, which is October. I'm like, well, that's cool. You know what? I, I can I can tighten the belt a little bit, you know, you know, between here and there so that I can recover the money that whatever I use on the leave. And now they're saying, yeah, it's probably not going to happen. But Congress passed it. The VA's given out. DOE's given out. Yeah, we don't think we're going to. Yeah, but we don't have to. So we're not going to. Yeah, that's pretty much what's come down. There's already been people leaving for the VA. So. Mm -hmm. Why don't you do that? Uh, I, I have my job is uh, is cushier than what uh, <laughs> working for the VA would be. I've heard horror stories about the VA. For some people, it's just about the money. For me, work life balance is important. Ah, and I've had too many friends that have horror stories working for the VA. So, okay, you wouldn't take three cats with you on a road trip. I don't know that's just that's just ridiculous. You, that you is would, ridiculous. You would them. You would you would have either have someone watch them or you would put I'd them in open a the door camera. and let them go outside. And when we come back, hopefully they come back. Yeah, just to just have some kind of well, you you already have a, a robot that mows the lawn. So have have a robot that turns on and off the faucet into a bucket, and they're good. You hunt for food, you drink this bucket of water that gives a certain amount every day, and you're fine. You're a cat. Suck it up. You know, go meet some friends. We got a couple yeah, others whatever. that are wandering around. <laughs> so uh, break some hearts, break some legs. I don't care. Do it. <laughs> right. So no. Um, we're not really vacation, but that's one of the things that people used to give us crap for all the time in uh, in Germany. It's like, my God, you haven't been here and you haven't been there and you've been there, have been there. I don't care. I like living in other countries and seeing some things. Don't get me wrong. We we travel. We went to multiple countries. We did things, but we don't hit every little nuance unless it totally interests us. Like when she wanted to go to the the, the gem, whatever it was, go see all these rocks somewhere in the middle of Germany with her, you know, cause she was interested in that. I wanted to go to Normandy. She didn't. So guess what? I went to Normandy alone. <laughs> wait, wait, you went with her to the gem thing, which you didn't have interest in, but she wouldn't go with you to Normandy. Well, there's a difference. Well, one money, but two is also uh, the Normandy thing was three or four days. So she just wasn't interested in it, which is fine. She just, she just didn't want to support you like a good wife. No, I'm, I'm, okay, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Cause uh, the trip had some, some failings with it. Uh, <laughs> But uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. It was good. It was during the 75th anniversary of Normandy also. So a lot of Nor the actual cemetery was closed off, unfortunately. But, uh, you know, as they're preparing for the 75th sure. anniversary. So, but uh, go going to see the 88 sites, going going around, you know, Saint-Marie-Glis, uh, so forth. That, that all was good stuff. So, but yeah. Um, but I got really, really sick on one of her trips. Like one of the few times in my life I got just crazy sick. And she was going, or we were going to go on a tour. It was a wine tasting tour. Basically, you get on a boat. I don't know what the idea with Germans and boats is. You go up and down the river and you go to all these little stops. And every one of these stops is some wine or something that you can taste and beer and so forth. And 
Yep. I, I got horribly sick and couldn't go, so she ended up going on that by herself. It happened. Okay. So, all right. Um, I don't I don't really have anything else. There was I thought there was one other thing I wanted to mention, but uh, I can't think of it right now. So I think we start getting into our our real topics for today. What do you think? Go for it. All right. Well, first things first. We always have we have to thank people. Got to thank them for being here, being members or actually subscribers today. We did members on Friday. Thank to all of you wonderful people who support us monetarily. Your gracious donations help us provide giveaways, produce more content, and generally give back to the Legion Myth community as a whole. I mentioned it on the member stream that uh, yeah, our, our income this year is half of what it was last year. Why aren't there as many giveaways? Because <laughs> I'm I'm treading water with Legion of Myth. We just yeah, paid the stream yeah. bill, and that one always kicks me in the ding ding. Dang, has, to, has to make money this year. Has to make money. Yeah, I do. I have to come out in the black this year, even if it's just one dollar. Uh, so far, I'm doing that. The IRS will jump them. Yeah, like like pay. a crazy ex trying to get a baby. <laughs> <laughs> the IRS is gonna jump on his junk. Get off! Get off! It's not rape. You enjoy it. Uh, anyway, uh, that went too far. I, I was skirting the edge, and then then you went over the line. I know. I couldn't help it. <laughs> anyway, but it helps us give back to Legion with community as a whole. And we have over forty four hundred YouTube subscribers now. I don't know what uh, we got a little jump last week where it went from you know got like fifteen. Might not sound like a lot to some people out there. That's fine. But we had been hitting some doldrums there where we were getting like two and three and. Something happened where we got like 15. I should actually look to see what video did that. Uh, anyway, I want to thank all of you for that. We're absolutely thankful for each and every one of you who subscribes, super chats, joins. What other YouTube terms are there out there? <laughs> and you can check the description below for the links to various Legion Miss sites, social media, Discord, merch, etc. Today, we get to be robots. Yeah. Let me slide everything around here and. Should you come here? Oh, you know, I was going to... Hold on. We're taking that off the screen for a second. I do have a, a question for you. Um, so did you have a chance to talk to Adam after last week? Uh, no, why? Okay, oh, I was just curious because I haven't seen any comments or anything uh, from him about him uh, as far as his videos go. I was just wondering if he said, oh, like, no, hey... He, uh, he, he uh, talked to me over Discord. Not talk, but he messaged me over discord and said yeah as as long as the information got out there it's fine you know he would have rather have it folded into the first video but having it out there is good enough yeah i just it got late and since the first video is going to pop uh next week um if you can do oh, me hey, hang on. what we're talking about is last week we had a guest oh yeah uh, adam from the from the mage podcast and uh we, we talked about magic and and a couple of specific things on uh on playing it for new players new gms uh, storytellers in this case and how to navigate these uh initially pretty tricky waters of factions and stuff like that so uh if you're interested in that or if you're interested in mage at all go ahead and uh watch those they're they're on our obviously on our channel and uh you'll have a good time so uh violence yeah in alabama i get two years i have to i have to make money I can have two years of losses, then I have to make money. After that, I can make I can lose money for the rest of my life. But I have to show, uh, I have to be in the black for one of my first three years. 
Yeah, I, um, I'd like you to get me his contact info because uh, I want to set something else up uh, for him or with him in the future. Uh, another mage discussion because he definitely implied that there there are more things to talk oh, about. Oh yeah, there's plenty more. It's just that yeah. we didn't have time for one one session. You know, yeah. absolutely. present all right i'm ready to go all right today we continue on talking about mutant year zero and now we get to the fun ones we get to talk about being a robot that's right so we're going to introduce you to uh what it means to be a robot and what separates you from the robots say that we were talking about in mutant gen lab alpha and that's going to be the first part. And then the second part, we're going to talk about how to make your robot character. Now, like before, I already have a video out there that goes step by step on how to make a robot character. So we are going to skip some of the specifics. But there are a lot of differences between being a robot and being a living sentient creature. And we will talk that about that. That should those. not be a shock to anybody. That should not be a shock to you, right? But we no. will we will talk about those uh, because it might affect game mechanics or how you see the game. We believe that role-playing games should take place in fantastic worlds. The focus of the game should be on role-playing and having a good time. The core values of Hashtag RPGate and any good tabletop group are escapism, not representation, entertainment over activism, and natural, organic inclusion, not forced diversity. The charity we support is the Wounded Warrior Project, a national nonpartisan organization whose mission is to honor and empower wounded warriors. Please refer to the description below for the link to where you can make your hopefully tax-deductible donation. Join us Thursday and Saturday evenings on twitch.tv slash legionofmyth to watch Heathen Dog and his team of dirty casuals play multiplayer games for your mockery and enjoyment. Here on our YouTube channel, you can watch these game-related segments live every Sunday at 1 p.m. Central Time, or check out the Friday Night Chill Stream, where our panel of guests opine, comment, and editorialize on the TTRPG hobby as a whole. Please like this video and leave a comment to appease the algorithm gods. Share this video on your favorite social media platforms to help us peer out of the shadows cast over us. And if you have not done so already, please subscribe to Legion Myth for more tabletop RPG goodness. All right, here we are with Mutant Mechatron. And yes, I like this cover too, Crafting Gamer. Yes, uh, and as a matter of fact, during the intro, I decided to name the robot and the skull. And it's not going to be a shock. He's going to be Shakespeare the Wandering Bard with his, with his best friend Horatio. <laughs> you, can't, you know, can't argue with that. Can't argue with that. <laughs> that's a good one um so what i like about the painting is most people when they look at it think terminator knowing the game the way i do that's reverence and you're gonna be like what, what? well let's talk about let's talk about mutant year zero. Oh, sorry mutant mechatron so a book is laid out very similar to uh the other books in fact so many things change names in here because you're a robot that sometimes I forget what's what, but because I know the chapter order, I know, oh, 43, that's programs. Well, those are skills. 61, oh, those are talents. Uh, in this game, they're called secondary functions. If there's one thing that's going to irk you and your players is that everything has a different name. 
unless they start with this game. Well, yeah, then everything else is going to have a different name. Yeah, Here's my suggestion for you. If you are playing a mixed group, like you're already out of uh, Mechatron 7 or you just skip it, whatever, use the normal strength, uh, strength dexterity, wits, empathy, or agility. Because, because this one is the only one that names them drastically differently? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I you understand should, you, just, just you, for everyone's, you know, peace of mind and lack of confusion. Yeah, I mean, Jan Labelf and say, well, you have instinct versus empathy. I get it. Uh, you know, if you want to remember them, you can. I'm just saying, you know, for the sake of ease. Uh, but while you're playing this, I would say use the right words. One, it'll keep you in the mindset of being a robot. And two, I mean, it's the game you're playing. But that's that's up to you. Another thing that I want to say, I grab it here, is I have the Mutant Mechatron book. Yes. Every time that I talk to people, about, oh, this is a game you want to get. They all complain. You can't get the book. You can't get the book. Well, don't yell at me. <laughs> it's not my fault. Talk to Freely. I'm pretty sure that the reason you can't get the book is because nobody plays the game. Well, fix that. Well, now we're in a, we're in the whole catch twenty two thing. Now nobody can play the game because you can't get the book because nobody played the game. It's weird. Yeah. Well, it, so, again, PDFs. But go go to your local Kinko type place. Illegally download the PDF. Get arrested. Go to court, say exactly why you, you committed the crime, and maybe Free League will, will help a brother out. Or don't illegally download it. You can still get the PDF and then go to Kinko's. And... But that's illegal, too. You're still going to jail, but you want that. You want your time in court to, to be on your soapbox. You can print out a PDF, as long as it's for personal use. And give it away. <laughs> Stop telling people to do illegal things. The opinions. But I'm also telling people to get caught, so... Eh. It was the opinions expressed in Legion Myth Weekly live streamer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, and modules, when we get to those next week, are those are your mutations. And the reason okay. I'm saying this now is because I always forget these secondary functions. And modules, to me, seem backward, and I always screw them up. So, Heathen Dog, just so you know, secondary functions are talents. Sure. Muta modules are mutations. Copy that. All right. So, let's move on. And let's read what it means to be you, robot. Nice. Yeah, see? <laughs> I see what they did there. You did Shakespeare? I'm doing Asimov. There you go. You are a machine, a robot, built to serve and obey, without emotions or a will of your own. Well, this sounds like a fun game already, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah, it sound good so far. You are part of the Mechatron 7 facility, a huge underwater collective of robots that produce everything the humans needed for their endless wars. But the humans went away. They ordered you to continue your work in their absence and then left you to yourselves. Since that day, you have waited for humanity to return. It's been decades now. There we go. Now you can even read it with me. Ever since you were constructed, your sole purpose has been to follow the humans' final command. Until now. I don't know why, but suddenly everything has changed. You have become self-aware. A being with a free will. Johnny Five is alive. Bum 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 bum. <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be uh, Arnold coming in here. <laughs> right. It's gonna be, it's gonna be weird. Uh, you uh, you feel the urge to question what was previously unquestionable. Why should you obey superior robots? Where did the humans really go? Are they ever coming back? What future awaits you and the rest of the robots in Mechatron Seven? These new insights have lifted a veil of denial from your eyes. Now, 
you see a decay where you're previously programmed not to see. Huge abandoned factories slowly rust away. The goods you keep producing are left to decay in untended warehouses. Everywhere there's debris. De what, debris? Wow, debris. Leaks. Blacked out sectors. Bizarre scrap bots and mutated monsters creeping in from the unknown outside. Sounds like fun, huh? Oh, it sounds like a great time. <laughs> the way forward is unknown. But one thing is certain. You need to learn more. Who are you and what is the purpose of your artificial life? Should you search for lost humans or build a new robotic so society based on your own terms? It's time to find the answers in Mutant Ecotron. Okay. So well, already from that, we, we can gather that just like the other uh, Year Zero books, you, you live in an archetype thing. And it is crumbling around you, and you're probably gonna have the the the, the same meta gaming thing about about uh, keep, keeping your your habitat intact, because saltwater and electronics, from what I hear, not great. So you don't want that. And then then you have the added complication of do you even go outside? Do you have to go outside? Do you care about humans anymore? There's a whole lot of questions here. This this onion's got layers, man. I'm glad you said it in those terms because, as we'll soon see, there is a new skill in this game. Oh. Well, remember before it was Know the Zone, and then what is it in Gen Lab Alpha? Well, there's the Dominate skill, but there's, um, there's another one. Well, this one actually has the skill Question. Question. Question yes. everything. Yes. That's X-Files. Yep. All right, in Mutant Mechatron, you play a robot. You are a machine built to obey and the and work for the greater good of the collective. Great life. Remember, you're a robot. Don't give me commie jokes. Nope. But you have recently also developed a will of your own. You uh -oh. are a robot, but also a person. Well, no, you're a robot. You're a robot with some feelings. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't some... call you a person. Yeah. Okay. The robot you portray is called your player character or PC for short. You determine what your player character thinks and feels, what it does, and yes, this game uses it. It is a good, it is a well-written book. Yeah. So, uh, what it does and says, but not what happens to it. Your PC may be a machine, but try to immerse yourself in its character and play as if it were real. Be more fun that way. Okay, we don't need to read more. Yeah. It's, just ga it's just gaming stuff. Uh, no, no, I like that. I like that line. The GM is not the enemy of the players. I like that. Oh, where's oh up here? Yeah. Well, this one, believe it or not, has a lot, a lot of negativity to it. Like there are things, you know, you, you could say that the resistance back in Gen Lab Alpha was pretty bad, but this one is kind of survive or die. I know that just sounds simplistic, but yeah, it's there are things going. On. We'll talk about. We'll talk about. In contrast, Mutant Year Zero Mutant Mechatron does not begin in the zone. We know that. It's just like Gen Lab Alpha. You start in your own collective, right? You and the rest of the collective were built by the humans of the Titan power called Noatun. Now, I think we skipped a lot of that stuff when we talked about uh, Mutant Year Zero specifically. I can't remember if there's much of that in Mutant Gen Lab Alpha. But Noatun, oh, there are three big ones. I forget the name of them. Noatun and Elysium are two. I forget what the third one is. Maybe it'll mention it here. But uh, Gen Lab Alpha and Elysium are tied together. Mechatron is from a different faction. Okay. So the emergence of true artificial intelligence and new generations of robots allowed Noatun to create great facilities in the depths of the oceans to escape the devastation on the surface. The greatest of all of them 
was Mechatron 7 your home? At least you're told. Uh, we have an aside here because uh, Point Blake, uh, uh, Coco Shuko said something here. AI or programming. In this game, uh, Max and I actually talked about it before the stream. Uh, an artificial intelligence is not you, not the player character. You are a sentient robot. AI robots are all the other drones who still follow orders no matter what. Yep. So you have to get that in your head. The AI, artificial intelligence robot, is programming. It is just a whole lot of programming to encompass a whole lot of variables to react to it, but it's not intuitive. You, as a sentient robot, can make emotional and logical leaps without actual evidence. That's what separates you from the AI. Yes. Okay. Uh, don't don't get me wrong. A well-programmed AI can is smart, really, really good, but it can't make those intuitive leaps that an actual intelligence can, a sentient right. intelligence can. It was during the war between the Titan powers that the humans living at Mechatron 7 chose to suddenly leave the facility. You and the remaining robots were left behind along with mankind's last order. Build what we need to win. <laughs> okay. Decades have passed since then. Do not know why the humans abandon you or when they will be coming back. See, I that, got... I, I'm, getting, I'm getting a thing with this game, uh, a, a general theme. The humans are stupid. I'm getting that general theme. It happens a lot. The, it, with even a five minutes of forethought, they, they, they could have had different instructions for the, for the AIs in, uh, in uh, Mutant uh, Gen Lab Alpha. They would have different instructions for the AIs here that would actually be useful but no they they just give dumb instructions at the very end like like everyone was just uh already half dead or running away scared and shock and pain and just give dumb orders so uh, i don't want to give out spoilers but uh understand that the ai that runs gen lab alpha for lack of a better term and the ai that runs mechatron are actually insanely intelligence. They're alpha complex level intelligence without the craziness. Okay. So they're not dumb at all. They, this is future. Yeah. So they're actually really intelligent. The problem is, is degradation over time. And that's where I'm going to leave it. I'm oversimplifying, but that's where I'm going to oh, leave it. Oh, okay, okay. I get it. I get it. I get it. So the humans could have given lots, lots of more nuanced orders decades mm -hmm. ago, but because there are no humans around, to to re repair all of the systems even even non-moving systems like hard drives and ram do need replacement they do yep. go bad and when they do go bad certain information is lost mm -hmm. or certain functionality is reduced so they're getting dumber basically. on a simplistic level we'll go with that yes okay because i don't i don't want certain spoilers to just because i want i want people to play it but yes there are there are background reasons for it now could you say that they're overly simplistic, kind of like we thought after the bomb was? Well, that was just nonsensical. Yeah. Y yes, you could argue that, but that also gives the game master a lot of flexibility to tailor the world that suits him. So, right. Uh, but anyway, let's see. Uh, Decay is also affected Mechatron 7 data archive. <laughs> Were we just talking about this? We just talked about that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, right. so here we go. Let's go. Ma warehouses, uh, Mechatron 7 has decayed over the years. What was once order and efficiency is now a robot society on the verge of collapse. Warehouses that have not already collapsed are overfilled. Many robots are in bad condition and factories stand quiet and deserted. The decay, decay has also affected the Mechatron 7 data archives and the memories of the robots, uh, yours included. 
Information has been corrupted, been lost, or saved improperly, leading to confusion, odd behavior, and accidents. So okay, does that? So so could we have everything just we skipped? Said. <laughs> yeah, every, everything we everything I just said is is true. I didn't even read ahead. I'm just brilliant. That's all it is. <laughs> there you go. We'll go with that too. The robot collective Mechatron Seven is described. In D oh yeah, okay. Ghost of the Machine. The game of mutant, uh, mutant Mechatron starts off with some strange things happening. Like I don't know. You now have the self awareness thing going on. <laughs> I, I not only know what a bird is, I want to sing with it. There you go. Why? <laughs> Why do birds suddenly... Okay. <laughs> this awakening has given you the ability to think freely beyond the limits mankind set for you. Ha! You're better than your creators now. You are an actual self, a person with free will, not a person, a robot with free will and dreams of the future. So I won't, I won't give you that. I am not giving you personhood. You're a dumb robot. No, you're not. The campaign Ghost of the Machine is included in the book. Let you explore what to do, blah, blah, blah. All right. All right. So, so uh, the, the, the campaign Ghost of the Machine is the normal campaign to start off inside your habitat with, uh, with uh, uh, the basic... Uh, ideas of protect your habitat, decide whether or not you want to go. And if, if you do go outside for stuff, this is how you do it, blah, blah, blah. If you want to make your own adventure, you can. Mm -hmm. But I believe that uh, that Max is going to say for your first time playing this game, it's probably good to stick with the Ghost in the Machine mm -hmm. uh, campaign at first. I like the background stories. And here's why. They all tie together. You can, once you all get to the zone, if you were to play Mutant Elysium, Mutant Gen Lab Alpha, and Mutant Mechatron with their background stories, and hopefully in the future, if they come out with uh, Mutant Ad Astrum, you have the background. You find bits and pieces. Right now, it'd be one third. Well, no, because Mutant Year Zero has information as well. So you get one quarter of the piece of like WTF, what's going on in the world? Why did we get to this point to answer those questions that Heathen Dog was talking about before? And you only get one fourth of it here from one perspective. Mm -hmm. No Adam and the robots, where you'll get Elysium and the politics, and you'll get uh, Gen Lab Alpha. Well, again, that's that's Elysium, and and the mutant animals. You know wh why why did they, why did they leave? You know, et cetera. And then when you get out into the zone, you you're trying to rediscover what happened to the world. And if you want to follow down that path, if you think it's a real thing, you can look into Eden. And all of that ties into the history of it. And I think that the history isn't fantastic, but the way it's pieced together is worth the time, is worth playing. Okay. Um, there's something, yeah, eliminating it. So what do you do? <laughs> First of all, you eliminate errors. Remember, you're a machine. Sure. As the Ghost of the Machine campaign kicks off, you will be assigned an, to an error elimination unit, an EEU. Say that three times fast. In the quality assurance department of Mechatron 7. That's right, you are a QA robot. Together with the other PCs, you'll be given the task of investigating other robots that are acting erratically in one way or another. By the way, robots don't like your sentience. You are broken. You're doing things outside of what okay, you're supposed okay. to be doing. Hang on. So you're telling me that you are a quality assurance officer in the error elimination unit, your job is to eliminate errors in other robots programming while you have the biggest glaringest error of all. Yes. It's very paranoia. Yes. You are, in, 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 if anyone doesn't yes. know, in, 
in in paranoia you are hired as a troubleshooter by the computer you find trouble you shoot it and the main trouble is anyone in a secret society or anyone who is a mutant they are to be killed on site you as every player character are a mutant, a mutant. in a secret society yeah. so there's your conundrum right there and you have the exact same thing here only i assume this is less comedic level of yes absurdity. in okay. fact that is addressed in this book oh okay the, com the comedic level um so uh so the uh, one and eliminate the air using any means necessary However, many of these erratic robots are acting the way they are because they, just like you, have just become self-aware. You'll have to walk a thin line investigating these cases without exposing your own self-awareness and thus risking being targeted yourself. Okay. Already I've got ideas. Just, but I, but in, instead of last time, like, you know, kill the elder, I'm not doing that. I'm, I'm going other ways. <laughs> okay. The collective suffering. <laughs> happiness is mandatory. Yep. The collective suffers from a constant lack of resources. Wear and deterioration cause the need for repairs, both of the robots and the installation itself. At the same time, production must be maintained at all costs. Remember, the humans gave you that order. Yes, you have to keep building crap, yes. You yourself have a constant need for energy and spare parts, or in the worst case, scrap to keep in shape. The rations, okay, we don't care about that. Okay, uh, in, in, instead of food, there's energy. Yes, and in, instead, uh, what, what, and you're just going to tell us what's used for the equivalent of money, or is it all socialist nonsense? It's energy. Just energy is everything. Yeah. Energy is life. Energon yes. cubes. Okay. Yes. Got Ener it. There you go. Energon cubes. Absolutely. Cube. Plug that. yourself into the wall. You're, you, you're hooked up with your charger right now. <laughs> you, you've got the, the, the uh, friend computer has allotted you two hours of charging. Good luck. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. No, that's yep. pretty much it. Okay. A strange new world exists beyond the walls of the robot facility. Information stored in the data archives of Mechatron 7 is hopelessly outdated. Human, human buildings, roads, and other creations that once existed outside of Mechatron 7 have been destroyed or decayed long ago. The outside is unknown and dangerous, but it also holds the raw material that the collective so desperately needs. Makes sense. So, you will have to brave exiting your underwater dome to go out and collect some things. Guess what happens if you try to run away? It's it's kind of like being in a prison on another planet in a desert. If you try and just leave, you just die. And why do you think that is? Because salt water and electronics don't mix. Okay, that's and, one. And you are not factory sealed anymore. Okay. <laughs> so you're going to die from that. Where and two, you, you also, un, unless you have a huge array of solar panels to take with you, <laughs> you're going to run out of energy on. There you go. <laughs> so, yes, you want your home to survive. Uh, strive for deeper self-awareness. That's you know for the more role-play type people, which I approve of, but I want, I'm going to skip it anyway. Seal the fate of the collective. Yes, there are multiple endings to the adventure. Okay. Now, let's get to what you get in the game. Uh, dice, we, we've talked about the dice in the Mutant Year Zero and Mutant Gen Lab Alpha. We don't, Mechatron card deck, once again, I have the cards. Um, what's The one difference about this that I would say that the cards are somewhat useful for, comparatively speaking, not that they're not useful at all, you, just, you don't have to have them, is I like the fact that if you're going to repair yourself or swap out body parts, you can use the cards to help you with that. 
Uh, you don't need them. You can just scribble it out. It all makes sense. But I, I like that conceptually. You can just kind of lay your cards out like, oh, those two modules are hacked, uh, connected to my leg units. These This module is connected to my head unit. So when I place this, I have to make sure I replace the module as well, yada, yada. So uh, it turns into a little, uh, little uh, what do you call it, totem pole. No, it, it tur- turns into the to the skeleton song. Hip bones connect to the <laughs> leg bones. Or, or that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, so, and you could obviously play without cards. You don't need any of the special stuff for the game. Map of Mechatron 7, which I was telling Heathen Dog before the stream, I was mad. I don't have a PDF version of it, but I somehow have two physical copies of it. Open this up. So, real quickly. So, if you want to buy Max's physical copy of the map, you can for a low, low price of $500. Yeah, for $500, I'll sell this to you. I'll, I'll even laminate it. Is that nice of me? Yeah. There you go. But uh, that's uh, can't really zoom in. I mean, I, it's it's in the cover of the book, like the other one was. But uh, uh, you'll be you'll be learning different places of that map. And if you follow the adventure or the campaign, you'll see most of it. Yeah, you'll you'll definitely hit certain areas. Each robot has, uh, wants teams. Robots are called its. What is role playing? We don't care. Again, we assume that you either know that or these are things you can read about in the book. Oh, he's in a, it's in a troubled state. Glad he's at least sitting on some supplies. Yeah, he's going to need them. <laughs> okay, that's actually it for the first part of this. We'll, we'll go into your robot and the character creation side of it in the next one. So any questions? What, what do we get for questions and comments? Uh, we didn't really have a, a, a whole lot going on. Everyone was just commenting on uh, the feel of the game. Right here. Here we go. Uh, sounds like a fun game. The same vein as Gamma World, and I love Gamma World. Okay. Um, uh, I would like say that all of the Mutant Year Zero games have the same. That they, they do have the same feel because they have this. They have basically the same situation for the player characters. Well, it's in the same universe or the same yeah. same planet. I mean, yeah, it's the same place. You know, just different parts of it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that, that's why they have the same feel. As far as the Gamma World thing, though, I, I get why people say that. I think Mutant Crawl Classics is more closer to Gamma World, but I understand post-apocalyptic. Uh, you've got you've got the animal mutations, got the human mutations, so forth. So I get that. I get that. Sorry. Okay. And then we have uh, Marhagen saying, "So the robots are why Eden is dead." No, we don't know how exactly how the world got rotten. We don't exactly know. It wasn't these robots because these robots were building things to fight in the war. So you, as a player character, if you go into one of these warehouses and see what the robots are building for the war, then you could deduce how the rot happened in the rest of the world. But the robots didn't directly do it. So there's that. And Point Blank asked the question, so it's all canon in the same world? Yes. Cybertron all over again. Yep. <laughs> yeah. could, uh, you can go oh, with that as oh. well. Yeah. This is an interesting question. I don't know if you can answer this right now, but since you are a robot, and you are made of programming, can you download yourself into another body? Does the game support that? Or is it is because you are sentient, your mind will not fit? Okay, your mind actually won't fit in the in the quote-unquote weaker version of your robot, Ken. You can still change out your head unit. You can still change it. You can change out all the units. But you have to keep your core processor. So you remember when we were talking about, and I think we'll get to this next week, uh, but when we were talking about uh, like being broken as a human? Yeah. Well, there's destroyed here. 
Okay. If you're destroyed, that means you have no CPU. You are dead. You are, you cannot be recovered. Everything about you is gone. But that happens after you're broken. That would be okay. like being killed. So you can be broken and you're just shut down. But if you're killed, that means all the you're aspects destroyed. that, yeah. Yeah, sorry, right, destroyed. All the aspects that were you are gone. Yeah, you're, you're basically to do that, they have to crush your brain or your processing unit, which wherever it is. Is it in your head? Probably not. That's dumb. I mean, I, I always thought uh, human beings having their, their main processing unit in, a, in an appendage was stupid. But, eh, whatever. That's the way it works. Yeah. Kind of uh, like your soul. Uh, yes, it's a combination of your brain and your soul. Be because you have a soul, you're sentient, not an AI, and that, that's where you, you reside. So, yeah, same thing. How that happened is not something we're going to discuss because A, it could be a spoiler, or B, your game master may look at it differently. But that yep. is something that, as we just scrolled through, is something you're supposed to pursue in the game. Okay. So, Noro, uh, no, having a broken motherboard, that I'm, I'm being pedantic here, but no. It has nothing to do with your processing unit, nothing to do with your memory. So as long as you can replace that, you're still fine. But uh, you lose you lose your processing unit or your memory, and you're not the same person anymore. Maybe the motherboard is where the sentience is. No, that's crazy. Get, get off me. Marhawkman says, so Heathen Dog is on Team Skynet? Uh, no, I can't be because I'm a humanist. But so far, we haven't actually had any human PCs. We've had dirty mutants, disgusting animals, and now and now Terminators. So I definitely can't be on their side. So once we get to the real humans... I'm on their side, 100. percent Well, Team that'll Hoover. be three weeks, I think. All right, good deal. <laughs> we'll talk. About, I, I have. I actually have to read that book. I've only barely skimmed it. I'm not interested in it at all. That's uh, because you're not a humanist, and you know the 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 master race is the human race. I don't understand. No, I, I don't like how. I, I well, we'll talk about it. It's it's very mundane. I, that's all I can say about it. It's very mundane. It's main focus. Like here, the focus on modules, animals on animal powers, and mutant mechatrons on your human your mutations. Sure. There, it's on contacts. It's it, you are who you know. Yeah, that's really what it comes down to. Sweet. So that's how humans work. They're social. Yeah, well, yeah, but I mean, but for role playing purposes, it just kind of misses the. For me, if you like political intrigue and this guy runs games like Call of Cthulhu. It's probably going to be something more, much more interesting to you. Games of political intrigue or playing, you know, you know, D20 modern. It's just not something I find interesting, which is probably the type of player that Mutant Elysium caters to better. Fair enough. Uh, Rex Steele says, would repairing a broken core processor create a new sentient robot? Not the same one as before. I don't think you can repair a robot core, can you? Um, like if you are destroyed... Can if you're just you, if you're destroyed you're dead you're, you're gone there's nothing there's, salvageable from you to use nothing salvageable you can't even make a new robot out of the out of the scrap from from your from your destroyed carcass let alone you again yeah the, the, here what i what i want to caution people is this game is somewhat rules light it's not going to get into every little possible okay. one just because just because you work in it and you know well, i could save it to the cloud and with this and four terabytes of it no you have a live <laughs> Broken and dead. Destroyed. Alive, well, broken, well, destroyed. Right. But, but I'm just saying in the general principle of the game, right. it doesn't matter which version of the game we're playing. You have those three states. Once you hit state three, you're done. Yes. Yes. Now, 
can you recycle your parts to create a new robot? Sure, why not? I don't yeah. see, but it's not you. It's scrap. Maybe, maybe it's your new character. That's fine. That's 100% cool. You know, you, you could have a legacy like that. Whatever. That's fine. But uh, your old character, gone. I actually have a sub-processing unit, which takes my positronic brain and puts it in my big toe. Shut up. No. All right. So with that, um, yeah, like, subscribe, share. Let me click the little button here. Boop, like, subscribe. Hey, did we do this without the banner up the entire time? Yep. Oh, man. How did they know it was segment one? Nobody knows. Nobody knows. <laughs> like, subscribe, share. Uh, if you got any questions, comments, concerns, go ahead and type them up, and uh, I'll respond to them probably in uh, the next episode, but maybe manually beforehand since I'm off work this week. But uh, And uh, stay tuned for the next one where we talk about character creation, creating your robot. Oh, uh, now that this isn't going to be in a video, I'm going to, uh, Coco Shuko says, I refuse to donate organs. That's fair. That's fair. They're your organs. Neener, neener, nana. No one else can get them. But it reminded me three or four days ago, I saw a TikTok. It was a, a lesbian woman who wanted to donate her organs, but only donate them to other gay people. I'm gonna let that let that sink in a little bit. So Look, you, lesbian, as, if you want to donate an organ to me, I will accept it. Yeah, whether it's gay or not, I don't. And care. I'm not a lesbian. I'm just saying, I'll yeah. still accept. It. But she she doesn't want to give it to you because you're straight. You don't you don't deserve her organs. Now I understand she's doing this because there's lot there's still lots of restrictions on homosexuals giving blood. So I don't want any of that gay blood. Yeah, it, no, 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 no. It's it's not that. It's just outdated stuff. You know, when 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 AIDS first hit, there yeah, was yeah. no hundred percent test for it, so they didn't. You know, they wanted to minimize that possibility because it sucks. You know, you get a life saving transfusion and then die five years later from, you know, auto an auto an immune disease. Cause fuck sucks. You know, it's horrible. I get it, but uh, no, she uh, yeah, she it, it really upset me because someone who who hates gays ju just like she seems to hate straight people cannot direct their organs to non-gay people either <laughs> you know it just can't doesn't what work is the way. irony you hate gays you're out there you're like the westboro baptist people god hates fags blah 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 and then all of a sudden like oh by the way that kidney <laughs> that came from her that came from a lesbian what yep. no, Start no digging cut it out. out cut it out yeah exactly right so you know plus it's it's ridiculous you know, gay people are, you know, far less than 10% of the population. So you want to direct your already rare organ, but only go to less than 10% of the population. It could literally go bad before you find someone to take it. So. Oh, all right. Well, that turned into the Friday Night Chill stream for a second there, but we'll that's continue. Why I that's, no, that's good. That's good. Rewrite that won't be in the video portion of it. Scroll down. All right, for the second part of segment one, we're going to talk about how to build your robot. That is right. We're saying build, not create, not roll, not all those nice little terms that people like to fancy themselves using when it comes to characters. Why? Because you build robots. Yep. And we're going to build one. And it is quite a bit different. It ends up with all the similarities you're used to from Mutant Year Zero and mutant gen lab alpha but it is quite a bit different precisely because you are building the robot 
The core values of hashtag RPGate and any good tabletop group are escapism, not representation, entertainment over activism, and natural organic inclusion, not forced diversity. Please follow that QR code or refer to the description below for the link to the charity we support, which is the Wounded Warrior Project. Thursdays and Saturdays, you can watch the Dirty Casuals on twitch.tv slash Legion of Myth. Fridays and Sundays, you can watch the Friday Night Show stream and RPG Digest on our YouTube and Rumble channels. Please leave us a comment with your thoughts and experiences, and if you like our gaming content, please be sure to subscribe to Legion of Myth. All right, there we are again with Mutant Mechachon and our favorite little robot. What'd you call him again? Um, Shakespeare the Traveling Bard. Shakespeare the Traveling Bard. There we go. Let's go and see how to make your robot. Come on, I'm gonna make me a Billy. Let's go. I do want to let everybody know again that I did. I already have a full-on step-by-step character creation video that you can watch. How we made. Let's see if Heathen Dog gets the reference here. Fritz. NEC-099. Uh, damn it. That sounds like a cartoon or something. Yep. Fritz the something. Fritz the cat? The, you have the right creator. The right, yeah, but not the right genre. Okay, yeah. hit me. It's uh, from Wizards. Necron 99, also known yeah. as Peace. I was going to go with Peace, but no, it's just too much fun to name him Fritz. So okay. Fritz was also, they killed Fritz! I even put that little clip in there too. Okay, so, cool. uh, so yeah. So, but we uh, I create Fritz, the security robot, because you remember our mutant from uh, Mutant Year Zero was a, a chronicler, so a smart guy. Mm-hmm. And then we had our Fanny Squirrel, you know, our little scavenger. Well, sure. we need somebody to protect him. Yep. So we'll have our security robot, and you can watch that video. It'll be in the description of uh, of the video. So, so. all right. Your player character in Mutant Mechatron is a robot. I think we established that already. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Your alter ego is more than just a machine. It's, an, it's a thinking individual with hopes and dreams of its own. All right, so how, how do we build the robot here? Well, first things first is you want the model. And there is a step-by-step, uh, where is that? There you go. Choose your, uh, choose your robot model, pick a name, choose your chassis and parts, and we'll look at uh, all that. So you start with your model. Your model is like the role... Yeah, like from before. And we yep. are going to look at the roles or the models at the um, at the end of this. So you can see that. And there are definitely more than in Gen Lab Alpha. Where there were only four. I'm sorry. Five or uh, <laughs> what are they called? Roles that you could be. And each model has a unique special program. Again, special program is like your special skill. Programs are skills. We're going to say program because these are robots. And he's going to correct me every time I say skill. But it, they're programs in this game. Your name. It's a little more interesting. Every robot that is not a junk robot has a nickname and a serial number. Remember I said Fritz, yeah. NEC-099. Uh, the nickname is something that a human could have. Whether it's the name of a man or a woman does not matter. The serial number comes from an ancient registry. It consists of three letters followed by three digits. Now you know how that's done. It's your serial number. Okay. And yes, it is just like playing Paranoia, where people always make jokes. You you know how uh, that's done in in yes. paranoia where where how your name goes together with your uh, yeah, what do you yeah. where where uh, where the beginning part of your name and then your your alphanumeric at the end will actually create some kind of pun or whatever yeah, yeah got it 
Now, when you have chosen your model and your serial number, you are done with a part of your robot that cannot be altered. Can't change your name. Nope. I don't know why, but whatever. Uh, the rest of your choices will be possible to change after the start of the game. Your mechanical body is called a chassis. A chassis consists of three chassis parts, a head, a torso, and an undercarriage. Okay. Undercarriage could be legs. It could be tank treads. We'll find out more later. Spider legs. It could be spider legs. Ooh. The chassis parts determine your attribute scores. We're going to take a closer look at that right now. Oh, no, we're not, because I have to explain this first. Attribute scores. Strength is now, now called servos. Okay. You'll make servos rolls to do things that are strength-related. Sure. Your agility is now called stability. It's your gyroscope. I'd have tried something else, but I get it. Your intelligence, or uh, wits, is now called processor. Okay. And lastly, your empathy or instinct is now called network. Okay. As you're networked in because that represents, you know... Your, your connection to other things, other beings. Yes. Which is robots, and you have to connect through a network, so that's your empathy or instinct. I get it. Makes sense. Yep. Now, you have chassis parts, and here's where the fun begins. Where are the parts? Couple things about parts. When you're in a group, only one player character can have a particular part. In the beginning. Yeah. Technically, yes. Okay. But... If you're trying to soup everybody out with just the max of everything, uh, I would tell you as a game master, it's going to be a while before you find another part exactly like that. And the reason is, is because, no, you're not supposed to be the same thing. This is what individualizes you. So, and but if I want to make a robot rebellion against my Skynet master, we should all have a uniform. A fair, okay, you know what? If that's how you're going, but you know what? It'll take you time to build that uniform. Which is good because we have to get weapons and tactics and all that stuff. It's going to take time. I get it. No, no. I, I, I said I'm, I'm going away from from. Uh, I, did you? I'm good. going no. away from that. I'm, I'm moving away from that. Oh, just because a couple people complain doesn't mean you have to. <laughs> all right, servos. So we have servo strength. So let's just look at this Odessa Vega head. Okay. It's a small robot head that can endure rough environments. Okay, hang right. on, hang on a second. So you're saying that we don't roll stats here. You we choose. Do parts and yep. then these individual parts you add up all of their ratings yes and those are your stats yes i get it okay when for example when i built fritz yep my whole goal was to be a protector so 100 i increased armor that's not true somebody could be like oh you could have had one more point of armor i could have but then one of my other attributes would have been a zero which is bad which is bad so uh, I built him with three parts to have an armor rating of nine. So I went three, three, three. So okay. I focused on armor with that character. And in sure. fact, the Odessa Vega, I think, is his head. Is, is Fritz's head. So that gives me two in servos, so two strength, one sure. in stability, and one in processor, but zero in network. Sure. It also allows me to have one module. Remember, modules are your mutations, you know, yes. going to the other games or your animal powers. So, as of right now, with picking this one head, and what we're going to do through this example, we're just going to pick the top one in each one. So, if Heathen Dog wants to remember these numbers or scribble them down, right now we have two servos, one stability, one processor, zero network, one module, three armor. Hang on. I can keep, I can keep it here. Two, three, one, give you one, zero, one, three. Okay. Okay. All right. So, let's go to the torso. Well, now we have the Diderot and Diego MD34. 
It's a bulky torso covered with various tubes, vents, and cogs. Now, how you draw that up for your robot is however you want to do it. And that gives two servos, zero stability, two processor, one network, one module, one armor. Yep. So, uh, this is a smart, this is for your smart, strong types. Sure. And then you can see all the other options here. And then finally, we have the undercarriage, which again, we're going with the top one, which is the LBM Dino Q. Dynamite! Dynamite! A pair of wide tracks that allow slow but steady movement. By the way, that's fluff. No, it does not actually slow down your real movement, whatever. But again, two servos. You're going to be a strong carrier. Cheaper as you're scrolling. Six. Six. Yeah. Uh, one stability, zero processor, one network, one module, one armor. There you go. So, what are your final stats? Final stats servos, six. Wow. Stability, two. Okay. Processor three. Oh. Network two. Modules three. Armor five. Okay. That's a, with the exception of the strength, that's a pretty average character. I mean, if you are not looking to. Armor five is good too. Armor five is good. Again, could have done more like down here. Like I said, I could have taken this one right here for, for Fritz, but then I would have had zero across the board for processor. You did have, you would have no intelligence whatsoever. Yeah. So I ended up taking this uh, Methuselah Mod 12. So at okay. least I get one. But you guys can check that out in that video. But now there you go. That's how you build the character. But let's say Heathen Dog and I both want this LMB Dino Q. Yeah. Nope. No. One of us gets it. But we're twinsies. Uh, but that's where you start bartering and trading and like, hey, how about this? I'll let you have the Dino Q. But if you're going to do that, can I take your, uh, what was the one up here? Oh, you took the first one. Your, your Diderot. Diderot. You know, you can start working. Well, my character is being built this way for this reason. You know, that makes sense. You know, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll focus. You know, I'll go with more modules. I'll, I'll take some special powers instead. So what, what gives you, oh, look at this one. I'll, I'll take the scrap torso. Oh my God. Scrap torso. Very good. modular, but uh, <laughs> it's garbage with everything else. That's why it's called scrap. Yeah. Yes. Oddly misshapen torso built out of spare parts and scrap. Yeah. You know. Awesome. Yeah. Let's not do that. Hey, but you get superpowers from it. Scrap head. No, I'm good. I mean, look at this Phoenix one here. Zero modules. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather not have my lunch money stolen. Thanks. <laughs> so, all right. Um, so there you go. But you get the idea. That's how character creation works. So we can skip uh, most of this. And it, it talks here about what the attributes are versus sure. standard. Programs are skills. We will talk about programs next week. Uh, mostly say again if you watch the mutant year zero or mutant gen lab alpha the mutant year zero being the important one because we actually dive into this stuff uh it's just their skills that's how your character does skills so let's uh look at this guy right here he looks a little pudgy for some reason yeah he looks like he's uh uh ooh, ooh, ooh. no 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 he's a scrap robot surrounded in a metal female dress frame yes okay Got it. Um, secondary functions. Now, secondary functions, those are talents. And we'll, again, look at those next week. What are the different talents that uh, uh, characters can have? Now, nope, I'm sorry, I was going to jump into modules. Modules will be next. Uh, th so mod yeah, modules are down here. <clears throat> modules, these are your special powers, and they used to use energy points. You can activate a module by spending an energy point. Interestingly, and I'm doing this from memory, you can also heal yourself, if I remember correctly, spending energy points. 
or that's a module that allows you to do that. I forget. I think it's probably some kind of nanotech module. Hierarchy. If you remember in Gen Lab Alpha, we had the hierarchy because, you know, animals have a social hierarchy. Sure. If I growl louder than you or if I have bigger horns than you, I'm in charge. Well, guess what? Robots have the same. But unlike Gen Lab Alpha, where that's malleable, you know, if you stare down the big tough guy, you know, you gain a little bit and he drops a little bit because, you know, that's what happens. The, the alpha wolf doesn't stay alpha forever. No, no. Well, in robots, uh, they do. And it's based on your, uh, not role, what's it called again? Your job. Your job. <laughs> yeah, we'll go with that. Uh, your function. So, so what happens when you refuse orders? Uh-oh. Don't do that. Robots that have become self-aware, like you, don't automatically follow orders. Your obedience is no longer absolute. You can refuse, or at least try. See the question program, which we'll talk about next week. The risk of doing this is that other robots may view you as defective. Sure. Makes sense. Other robots that note your refusal will probably report this anom anomaly to their superiors. Abnormal, abnormal behavior is logged in the giant network of Mechatron 7 as long as you are connected to it. Do you see the loophole there? Mm-hmm. Okay. It's a dangerous loophole to apply. Could be a benefit to you, but there will be some sacrifices should you do that. So think closely before you disobey an order from a superior robot. Make sure it is worth the risk. This is, other than fixing the dome itself, this is the number one issue in the game and if your game master isn't playing it up then i would dare say that your game is not on the right track at the same time if the pcs can't do anything ever then why then are you playing that's this? not fun either right i mean you have to you have to walk the line of a accomplishing your your sentient goals and dreams but not being thrown into the scrap heap because you are you know defective but hey, maybe getting thrown into the scrap heap isn't such a bad thing. Why? Because some robots are not part of the collective. Scrap robots and machines that have been discarded as rubbish have hierarchy zero. Nobody will listen to you. And you have to listen to everybody, sort of. Not really. Since such machines are not part of the collective, they are not expected to obey orders. The existence of scrap robots is both concerned for and a benefit to the collective. They often perform needed functions that have been neglected by Nodos and the Collective. Yet, the paradox of their existence, that should be impossible, is hard for logically thinking machines to process. Most robots in the Collective usually ignore the scrap robots or treat them as if they are the very bottom of the hierarchy. Which they are. they are. Yeah. It is okay, an, okay, okay. Formulating plans. My particular gears are now a turn. Okay. I see it. And here is uh, the hierarchy. Coordination robot is like a commander, except for instead of commanding one or two people, he commands an entire mechanation. Or, yeah. Yeah. Uh, security robot. Security robot you have to listen to yep. because he's... They're, they're, he's the, they're the cops. Yeah. And, and literally the cops. There is, there's, there's an annoying ability in this game. I think it's a module where you have sirens. And oh, uh, pop out. and that's what I want to avoid at every table ever. You are not taking that module. 
because you know that's what people do. All right, popular sirens. Okay, I got it. My sirens are still going. Shut up. <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, but you can see the the. Oh, I, what I was talking about earlier, he knows the escort robot. Yes. The, Cherry 2000, my favorite Cherry, robot. Cherry 2000. Um, appearance, basically, it gives you a quick description of the appearance in those, um, in the chassis parts, but feel free to kind of do your own thing. You know, tweak it a little bit. Now, as far as spider legs go, on, yeah, you work that out with your DM. GM, sorry. Personality, that's up to you. And like all the other ones, you still have relationships and dreams. And what do I mean by other ones? The other games, a mutant year zero, mutant gen lab alpha, right. yada yada. Because you are sentient. So well, you, you are have... sentient. Yeah. You're and good. this is how you get XP. So game mechanically speaking, every character, whether gen lab alpha, year zero, Elysium, or Mechatron, has these same things to assist you to get uh, uh, experience points. Relationships to PCs. We talked about that in a previous video. Again with year zero, you'll have a buddy again. And you'll get XP based on sacrifices that you make or risks that you make for your buddy and your friends. Wherever and I go, he goes, my buddy. <laughs> my buddy and me. <laughs> you have a big dream. I'm sentient. Yay. World, hear me. Uh, I have a dream. Oh. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm only uh, broken. Or uh, I, I will look at the terms when we cover combat. I read too many of these games with all these different terms they start floating around different yep gear as a robot the most important piece of gear that you will have is your own body makes sense and then gear works the same remember heavy items take up two lines uh normal items take up one line you can have your servos times two total number of lines before you're encumbered so if but you have a server your servos is six difference here hang on the, the big difference in gear is in all the other games you have to have food you have to have water they take up space. But here, it's all energy. Mm -hmm. Do you have batteries that take up space? We'll talk about that with equipment. Okay. Okay. Um, I don't want to say no. Generally speaking, no, but yes. It's... There are modules, there are... How do I want to say this? Again, there are some things that are spoilery because it goes into the actual adventure. Oh. So... Pincers, you have basically this is saying, look, you have the effectiveness of hands. You have, you can whether they're pincers or you know they're four claws. You'll see how these different robots are done. You have you hands. Have you have the pincers of power. You have the pincers of power. That's from Goonies. For anyone who doesn't know, watch Goonies. Good movie. An old one, but good one. Yes. Uh, encumbrance again. We we talked about that. And for those who don't watch previous videos, again, so your your um servos is six, right? That means you can carry 12 lines worth of items or 12 normal size items. Sure. If it's a small item, it takes up half a line. I use the term line. I think it does in the original book kind of ha uh, on the side as well, but I like the term because you literally are putting lines of items. Uh, if you've got, he can have 12 normal items, 24 uh, light items, or six heavy items, okay. or yeah. some combination thereof. Copy that. As far as tiny item goes, if it can fit in your hands, it don't Hold count on. it, you know. E-packs and ammunition. I didn't think it talked about E-packs here. Okay, so energy weapons and other items that require electricity can either be connected to your personal power source or be powered by an E-pack. Well, there's your answer. There's, there's the battle. I didn't think okay. it was going to be here. I thought it's going to be later. Right. Wait, wait. Uh, it probably doesn't say here, but can you recharge yourself off an E-pack? Yes. A certain amount? Okay, good. All right. Great. Okay. Now, do you want to? Eh, 
Well, no, if you're going outside the dome for an extended time, it's it's like taking air or water or food with you. You need it. So I get it. I get it. Same rules for being over encumbered. And now over, you uh, over encumbered in this game should be just you can't move. Because uh, everything may- everything is exact. Like this is the exact amount you can carry and still move. If you go over this amount, you cannot move. It's not like that because things are degrading. And so you can stress, you you can put out the torque, you can you can go 100% or 110% of uh, you know past uh your nor- your normal operating capacity, but you make a roll. And if the roll fails, then it's just like the other games. I can't go. Oh, you're not heavy breathing. I can't go on. You're just like, ooh. Oh. Legs stop. They overheated. They uh you know whatever. What whatever term you want to use to say that that you stopped. Yeah. Awarding XP is just like the other games. Did you participate in the session? You know how we feel about that one? I reword that to uh 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 did you did you participate and weren't uh distracting? Sure. Uh did you try to eliminate error? These are the work orders. You're going to get work orders in this game. Those are your like side missions are the work orders. Or, or... Oh, no, they're not, uh, not according to the complex. According to the complex, that's your only mission. Is your, yeah, it's your, it's your only mission is to correct errors because you are an error correcting unit. Yes. So you should correct errors. That's your only job. But in doing so, you will get experience points along with uh, doing your own thing, uh, all your dreams and whatnot. Yep. You'll get experience for us that too. So you, you actually, are are uh, getting getting twice possibly twice the experience of any of your non sentient brothers? Mm, not really, because this is uh this is just replaced with uh uh did you uh, what is here? I got Gen Lab Alpha right here. It's just replaced in robot terms with uh, oh no 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 you, you something about the resistance. That's my meaning. I mean uh, other other robots also you know who are non sentient they they can only get experience for. Oh. They don't get experience. They just do their jobs. You then, learn. You oh, learn to do your job oh, better. Okay, okay. They don't get anything. So they, they don't get better? Just no, at a they, slower rate? Okay. They, no, they just do their job. Your computer, unless you put in a new processor, doesn't do anything more. Unless somebody oh. reprograms Windows, it doesn't do anything different. Linux, baby. Linux, there you go. Um, anyway, you can spend your XP to raise a program level, your skills, or install a new secondary function, just like before. And we'll talk about modules. You're like, well, what about modules? Why can't Modular I uh, upgrade? Special. Yeah, why can't I upgrade my superpowers? Well, that's because you have module slots. I ch- plug it in. I got my SCSI cable. That's right. <laughs> Going old school. <laughs> got my SCSI cable, or I don't. I'm Firewire, baby. Fire. <laughs> <laughs> too bad you're too proprietary to plug into anything in the in the complex. Oh. <laughs> All right, to play a robot, things you should be considering, self-awareness. I'm not going to go through each of these uh, paragraphs here. Time is interesting because uh, they had made an entire paragraph about this, pretty much saying that uh, to a robot, time doesn't matter. You're going to do the same thing for 10,000 years as long as you're you know, still functional. Yeah, still functional. It doesn't matter to you. But now that you're sentient, time, time means matters. something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, emotions, you now have these weird emotion things to uh, consider. Gross. And that is part of character creation, by the way. Giving your character a personality. I don't know if we passed it or if uh, it's coming up. I didn't up. even see it. No. Okay. Morality even? Wow. Yeah. Well, it's disgusting because you now have... Because the characters are played by humans, they just make the assumption that it's human morality. That now well, you're just discuss- created by humans in game. So, yeah. you know, the all of the robots we've seen so far have had two arms, two, for the most part, two arms, two legs, a head, 
torso. So they're made in the image of their creators. Yep. And so they would also probably think in the in the concept of their creators. But, but what what does a robot do when it comes between efficiency and a life? Mm. This is a new concept for you. Yeah. And there are no alignments in the game, so to speak. No. So that's something for you to talk over with with your party or with your, or have the inner turmoil with yourself. In a way, it's like playing a non-emo vampire game where it's like you you have this, I've been like this forever. And obviously you remember being a robot and just doing what you're supposed to. But, but now you you've got this. Now you got this Johnny Five thing going on and you're like, hmm, is the war really the right? Is, is serving the military the right thing to do? I don't know. Except for the military is telling me to protect the dome right now. And that seems fair. <laughs> <laughs> so you can see this example character here. Plus, uh, I'll show Fritz here in just a second. Uh, is there anything we missed? We got name, we got model, and we'll look at the models in a moment. Personality, moody hypochondriac. That's oh, my sciatic is kicking. Annoying. How can you be a hypochondriac? You can't get sick. God. My sciatica. Is a... My sciatica. Get the hell out of here. Uh, you got your appearance here. Uh, secondary functions, mass production. We'll talk about those next week when we talk about skills. Uh, armor rating six. Pretty good, huh? Yeah. I mean, you're almost guaranteed one success. Uh, if you don't remember... You roll that that many dice to prevent a point of you know potentially yeah. prevent and damage. Each success prevents a point of damage. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, modules, two modules, so not too bad. Basically, two superpowers, a wire system. That has something to do with the network. I forget. And chainsaw. Oh, that's <gasps> wonderful. Hell yeah, yeah. That's wonderful. Let's see. It is a security robot, right? Oh, an industrial yeah. robot. It's an industrial. <laughs> robot. It's a rusty oh. chainsaw. It's a oh man. Uh, it looks like off her hand. His name is Ash. <laughs> There you go. Wait, what is it? Oh, it's not. It's it's Ranny non Ranny. Ran on uh, whatever. Ash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Ash. Um, laser welder also is a weapon. Well, yeah, you're industrial. I get it. That makes so, sense. But look at that. Uh bonus plus two. You roll two gear dice with this thing. Okay. Cool. It's pretty good. It's only arm's length, so it's it's only got a range about that far, but I mean, you know, it's a welder. Yeah. And you can see the relationships here. And the special skill for this character is manufacture, which is the same as if you remember the other games, the people who create stuff like uh, what is the scrapper? Yeah, to make tools and weapons and whatnot. There you go. He's met one robot named Limbo, and they didn't fill out robot. the didn't fill out the rest of the stuff. Development levels, just like the Ark, there are development levels. Oh, okay. Are we getting that in the next segment? Like the, the uh, no, be, it'll be the last, uh, not next last week. Thing? It'll be okay. the last week. Uh, the difference is you're trying to build up your arc. Yes. Here, you're trying to slow the degradation. You, you can't actually fix anything, just slow the decay? You know, that's actually a question I can't answer. I want to say that uh, through reading that part of it, ultimately, I don't think you can win. It's slow it down to the point of meeting all of your other goals. I don't like that at all. If if I'm remembering correctly. Well, ultimately what ends up happening is you figure out, hey, this is about to break. Let's all get out. But you have to get to that point to where the higher robots agree to that. Because right now, humans told us to do this and this is what we'll do. I got another plan. I have formulated my plan as a player character in Mutant Mechatron. Okay. You ready to look at the other robots? The other models? 
That one or looks you, pretty cool. Uh, this is a the BattleBot. Okay, I, I get it. I'll zoom out a little bit. There you go. There's your BattleBot. Oh, it's yeah. got a cape. I mean, if you've got a cape, you're automatically cool, right? Even if you're a robot. Well, that's more like a cloak, but whatever. Fair. Yeah, you're right. You're right. That is a cloak. It's got a hood. But you know, I'm not questioning a guy with a huge gun that's half his size. I'm not questioning that guy. It has I'm an like, Iron okay, Man brother. thing in his belly. I don't know what that is. It it it, it could be a Giver main cannon for all I know. So <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a I'm gonna give him a pass in the street. I'm gonna cross the street walking by him. Okay. Yep. Now, your BattleBot might not look like this because you might pick different chassis parts. You might have tank treads. So Sure. Uh, let's see. What's the special the special program is Target. It's kind of an annoying one. Increase Target. the chance to hit. You played Earth Dawn. It's aggressive attack. Oh, okay. Uh, well, it's a little different than that. But it gives you a bonus. You focus on this target. I am focused on Heathen Dog. Where he goes, I go. He's going down. Sure. But everybody else around him, because I'm so focused on him, gets a bonus to hit me. Okay. And again, we'll talk more about that next week. Uh, but got the appearance, secondary functions. You can have an IR camera, command override, which is pretty cool. Uh, the quick version of it is this. Somebody gives you an order. You don't like it. Eh. Or Heathen Dog gives me an order, but uh, somebody else gives me another order that I'm supposed to follow. I choose not to. So command override, that's the quick version of that. And robot anatomy, that probably means that you can kill robots better. We'll and here's... What's that? Yep, we'll find out next week. Yeah. Cleaning robot! Hey! Soapy suds! <laughs> Soapy suds. Why would you ever want to play a cleaning robot? Everyone's got to look spiffy. <laughs> Remember, this is still a world with rot. Yeah, so this this guy cleans up rot and rust and all that good stuff. This yep. is important. Also, can clean up swarms. What's a swarm? Uh, like a swarm of I don't know carnivorous flies. Oh, why would that matter to a machine? We don't have any meat. Screw well, carnivorous flies. Yeah, but you're there to protect humans and keep them safe. There's no humans here. There could be. They might come back. You got to keep it clean. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> No, but uh, that—that's the main use of it for here. Is uh, it uh, can yeah clean? It can clean up areas, make you look nice. But the game mechanics of it is that uh, it can clean up poison rot. Again, the game just generally uses the term rot, and yeah. uh, it's and, a catch-all for disease, radiation, sickness-inducing yeah. things, bacteria, viruses, whatever. Secondary functions you can pick are rubberized. Trash blower or waste recycler. I don't know what trash blower is off the top of my head. I don't know head. either, but rubberized seems neat. It is. You're, uh, you're, you're immune to rot and rust and decay and stuff, I imagine. I think it's uh, energy weapon damage does left. Well, we'll find out next week. Okay. And uh, <laughs> recycler sounds good too. I like that. I love this one. I'm a cleaning bot. I'm self-righteous kleptomaniac. You know, as I'm cleaning... You just steal stuff. That's fine. And what? What? I deserve this. No, no. You get caught. You're like, oh, I was going to clean it and put it back. That's my job. Eric Kender. Yeah. I was just cleaning it. No, oh, people are going to hate you real quick. The companion robot. Okay. That is not a companion for a human. These were built to be human companions. All right. Where, where's the, where's the beautiful, beautiful breasticles? 
and and or the 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 wonderful huge you know vibrating groin where's all that i don't see it that looks like a robot made to service other robots and i'm not for that 100 percent. i'm out no special program manipulate uh, so secondary functions, appearance morph. Oh, you want to look like a human? Human features. You have to take it as a talent. Oh, okay, okay. Sorry, okay. secondary functions. No, no, wait, wait, wait. Is this just visual or tactile as well? I think it's both, if I remember correctly. Sweet. Okay, hundred percent. No, I'm, that's actually better because I can tell you to look like someone else. Whenever I, I get bored with the first thing. Appearance morph is like, oh, what do you want me to look like today, baby? Uh, and infiltrator is uh, if you want to be a spy, which is how I've seen them used. Okay. Personality, flirtatious and conceited. Carefree and friend friendly, mysterious and vexing. And just so anybody knows, I, I probably should have said this in case you haven't watched any of the other videos. These, These are, are just, just examples. Yeah, ex exactly. They're just examples. Yeah. You don't have to do this. No. But if you're if you're like, I don't know, I don't know, it's a great place to start. So uh next we have oh, the coordination robot. What? Oh, oh no, that, that's the overseer type guy. Yes. Okay, got it. And his special ability, or its special ability, is coordinate. Okay, see, I don't get it. This coordination robot should have hover jets. I don't know why it doesn't. <laughs> you, well, if you are literally what... above everyone else. Come on. I mean, Maybe, maybe you're trying to look... Humans created you. You want to look more human. Yeah, but I saw a robot earlier with hover jets. These yeah. guys should be the only ones with hover jets. Yeah, so this they can be literally and figuratively over all the other robots. Aren't humans... Like the epitome of existence? Since that's the case, I want to look the most human. I'm in charge. I am the human representative. I need to look like it. That's fair. I mean, neither of us are wrong. I'm just, just putting out yeah. there like like why uh, if, if you can find the, the uh, undercarriage with hover jets, go for it. And this is the control robot. This is the one that's the highest. Now, they come in different versions. You have the battle commander. All right. There you go. Now you're ordering troops around and you're using some tactics. You've got SWAT tactics. I don't know what the difference between these two is. And top tier unit. I actually don't remember that one either. I don't know what that one is, but that sounds awesomer. Awesome. I'm top tier. <laughs> we'll find out next week. Worrying and paranoid. I don't want that out of my commander. Oh, no. I, I, want, my, I, I want all of my commander's flaws to be uh, the, the, the same way that I want all of my nuclear weapons hidden from view intolerant and vain <laughs> wow that's, and emotional and prone fair. to outbursts what is wrong with you people you can't do anything <laughs> all right yeah uh, those are all bad yeah. industrial robot well here are your spider arms there you go good for you buddy he looks like a centipede he's got an uzi yeah he's got an uzi and looks like a rotor or a motor uh, I don't know, some broken, I don't know what the hell that is. Oh, and, and a, a jug of hooch. <laughs> and he's got the insect repellent. Uh, so yeah, the industrial robot. This one's the one that creates stuff. Yeah, manufactures. So uh, he's ready to build some things. He can do mass production. Awesome. Mounted tools. Ma oh, that's another thing you can do in this game that's a little different. And yes, I would put severe limitations on this. Because, because otherwise... From from what I gathered so far, mounted tools is you you can you can pick up a tool, say a drill and power it with yourself, right? You, you can power it. If it yeah. uses electricity, you can power it off your yeah. internal battery. So it, it, it powers off of you. And it says mounted. That means you can probably connect it to your body and get yes. bonuses for it. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. 
Yeah, I uh, imagine that was. That so would be I, issue. I would have some limitations to this, whereas you're not just going to mount everything that you come across. Well, no, I mean, each each chassis would have to be given a set of hard points. You know, you can have so many things attached because there's just not enough room, or it's not structurally stable in that area. It'll just and, break. And then you got the Eggman Humpty Dumpty here as your protocol robot. But why did they? Why didn't they just get the low hanging fruit C three PO? Do it. <laughs> just do it. What's wrong? Why? What is this guy? He he looks like what's his name from uh from Seinfeld. <laughs> uh, George. Yes, George Costanza <laughs> from Seinfeld. No one's listening to him. No one's listening to this guy. Well. He's a protocol robot and he can calculate and calculate's a pretty cool feature. Calculate allows you to, you know, when Han Solo said, never tell me the odds. Right. He's good. He can tell you the odds. See, just go C-3PO. What, what is wrong with this game? I mean, there, there has to be something that looks like C-3PO, but <laughs> is different enough to where you're not going to get disnified on, on you. You know, it's got to be that. In, instead, you went, you went with the Costanza disaster. <laughs> what, uh, what that allows you to do is uh, you can re-roll if you fail. I choose not oh. to do that action anymore. <laughs> like, wait, like, like, uh, I, th the, the odds of navigating this asteroid is 760 to one, whatever the hell that was. And yep. he's like, you know what? I rolled the fail. I choose not to navigate that asteroid belt anymore. And I've decided I'm going to turn around. Good choice. Okay. So you can't do the same thing twice, just like all the other games. Un unless some something significant has happened, you can't attempt the same thing twice if you failed the first time. But if you fail, you can just say, eh, I'm just not going to do it. Right. Without, without any repercussion. Just go, go right. away. You can't push your roll. Nope. So you can't be like, well, I well, let me see if I make it on a push and then decide. No, no, no. You, you roll, and if you failed, you're like, you know what? I'm not going to do this. Or you can say, I'm still going to try to push it and make it happen. Depends on what's important to you at that time. Or it depends on what you rolled. If you roll no successes and three ones or something like that, you're like, I want to push my roll. No, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. It's not that important. <laughs> no, whatever it is. Nope. The sun will come out tomorrow, brother. Don't That's do it. fat robot Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he uh, should be green, but he's not. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, Lucas likes to sue. Disney's even worse. So, all right. Uh, coordination, support, interpreter, and ultimate clerk. Um, talk about those next week. And then everybody's favorite scrap robot. Yay, a uh, junkie on. Junk. There you go. Dare to be stupid. Um, recycle. I don't remember what that is off the top of my head. Yeah, sounds good. Chopping tool, dummy module, scrap companion. And we'll talk about those. By the way, dummy. these are just secondary functions that we're looking at, right? Like talents. Right. We talents. haven't looked at modules at all. No, modules are the powers, are the mutant, yeah. are the mutation powers, or in this case, super, super special, you know, programs that allow you to do amazing things. Now you got the security robot who looks he, like he's very top heavy. Nope. He is, looks just like a Securitron from, from a uh, fallout three. The, the, okay. The I don't remember this from fallout three. Yeah. Okay. looks just like that. His ability is to protect. That's one of my favorite abilities. I can take damage for you. It's a great way to play a tank. Bodyguard. Yep. And I will always <laughs> love you. <laughs> he can arm lock command override uh, again and sirens which we'll talk about next week <laughs> i think i talk about that even in the uh the character creation video too I, I don't know i did a long time ago and there you go 
those that is how you make your character again if you want to see the specifics of how everything comes together watch the character creation video i do it step by step day by day uh and uh too many songs floating around this dumb stream today <laughs> but uh yeah uh, step by step you can see from beginning to end the thought process that went in it why things happen and you can see the specifics so that'll be in the description below so other than that well what do we got for chat we got some comments here uh travis says women parts don't belong on a man bot that's gay no it's not because the reason i start this is because this game specifically is pc proof there are no pronouns there's just it there's no men there's no women there's no cats there's no dogs there's there's nothing you are a robot you are not a male robot you are not a female robot there's it do, there's no gay there's no straight because there's no sex Nobody has a sex, let alone a gender. So if you are surrounded by blue-haired idiots, this is the game to play. Because you can say it all the time and never, ever get in trouble. I got that stupid Rabonia theme song stuck in my head now. Hey, Rabonia, a place I didn't just make up. <laughs> That's when Bender uh, got his sex change yep. to do the, uh, the Galactic Olympics or whatever. <laughs> yep, I remember that. Rex Teal. So does this character creation discourage too much min-maxing, at least purely no. for mechanical benefit? No. Okay. Yes and no. It doesn't <laughs> discourage it. It flat out denies it because no one can start with, with a similar chassis, with, with the same chassis. So if you, if you get to min-max your character, you're lucky because if someone else wants that, that chassis part that you need to fully max out your armor or your servos or your intelligence, then you're gonna have to you're gonna have to fight him for it. I don't know Rochambeau. I don't know what you're gonna do, but you're gonna do something. Let's actually talk about that for just a moment. I'm, I've got to find it. It's in one of these black boxes. It is actually talked about. Um, in one of these uh, corporations brands don't care chassis cards min maxing. Mini games min maxing is a term that is sometimes used with some disdain. It means trying to make your character as powerful as possible by choosing the best possible combination of traits, no matter whether it makes sense for your character as a whole. Min maxing does not belong in every game, but in Mutant Mechatron, it is entirely appropriate. You are a machine. Tuning yourself to be as effective as possible in your tasks is only natural. Okay, but, so now Heathen Dog is right. You're still bartering for those pieces and so forth, but yes it's logical to do so yes yes okay and plus uh you you have the the added comfort that there are many many robots here and if you go down a very specialist path there's someone to take up the slack in society for you mm -hmm. there, there's someone who can do the things you can't and so society as a whole will not be burdened that's yep. great and Mar Hockman comes up with, uh, so it's like a Terminator where you can steal spare parts from enemies. We will find out when we go into powers because I'm entirely certain that that the scrap robot has super special abilities that that allow him to get a third arm or a fourth leg or whatever. I'm certain it's going to be something like that. Someone's going to have that ability. And See, they can be there in, or in com might be in the combat section as well. But the what? simple answer is, to a to a degree, yes, you can swap out parts. Yes. And Rex Steel comes back. Machines degrade as they are used until you replace parts. Machines can degrade even if they're not used, especially batteries. Batteries degrade whether they're used or not. They'll degrade more being used, but they'll they'll degrade. And uh, RAM has no moving parts. You turn it off. It's still going to be in the elements. It's still susceptible to rust, still susceptible to uh, 
the decay of, of time, you know, silicon sandwiches that, that make up processors literally only last so long before they die, even if they're not used. But it's only been a few decades, so it's just use. Now, one, one thing I want to caution, and I'm not saying this in, in defensiveness or anything like that, but, but just to put it back out there, don't get hyper-realistic with the game. Don't get, it's just like with the animal powers, just like with the, the mutant humans. So the game is me meant to be a caricature. It's meant to be fun. And I skipped the part where it talked about, you know, let's not be overly comedic. Basically what the game says is like, hey, there are some serious things going on in this world and you should be afraid as that robot since now you understand what life means and you kind of have it. And, yeah. the, and, and this whole area is about to collapse. At the same time, it doesn't mean you can't ever laugh. But it does actually talk there. There's a paragraph or two in here that talks about this isn't a comedic game. It, no. You know, so uh, now, yeah. now with the, but don't be super serious about it to the point where we're re you're researching, you know, what it, what an X99 processor does. It's like, no. But the, the what you should take away is that you being newly sentient, you have the existential dread of of one day you're going to be killed when your dome fails that no other robot has because they literally don't care. They just do their jobs and that's it. Existential dread doesn't exist for them. But you also can see things in your world the other robots can't. You you can make connections that the other robots would never in a million years. <laughs> so, even appreciating something beautiful that you didn't appreciate before, and but you saw a million times. But you see it now with these new eyes you have of sentience and you can be blown away by by the beauty the way the colors move around or the, the the way the wires are hanging in that area creates a you know some kind of optical illusion type thing they they can't see that or they and as a it, new robot like just starting out yes. the game that yes. might be an absolute interesting you might think oh that's dumb role playing whatever that that's you that but for me i think that'd be interesting to like what are you doing staring out there do you see that the, how the sun shifts color from this yellowish to this reddish you know about 18 degrees up and what are you talking about we got a dome but isn't that fascinating you know like that's again a simple thing like that can add a lot of character to your uh character <laughs> funny uh coco says uh i bet the scrap has the most potential i bet you're right too because it seems like out of out of the gate it's the it's the worst but usually the worst seeming class in the beginning ends up being the best at the end so i i am i'm pumped to actually see the powers that uh that the that the scrap bot can uh the the, the junkie on can actually pull out that'd be fun i'll just leave that on the screen up oh, there you go you guys dark can read that on your own yep. go ahead and uh, do more chat they can read that on That's there it. that was the last one. Oh well then i'll read it dark humor a challenge when playing mutant mechatron is to hit the right note of dark humor that should be a part of this game without turning it into a farce there's much absurdity to laugh at in Mechatron 7, and it's perfectly fine. This game need not be played with a deadpan seriousness. However, try to also highlight the deeper and more philosophical themes of the game, individual desires versus the needs of the community, and exploring what it truly means to be alive. Okay. I think that's a good way to end uh, the character creation uh, aspects of it. Character so, section, yeah. yeah. So, all right, ne next week we're going to talk about skills. We're going to talk about uh, talent. I'm uh, sorry. Uh, I always do that. You I, said I, skills. You said yeah, skills. I said skills, too. So programs, uh, secondary date and ground. specialist programs. Nope. Uh, I don't care. 
uh, secondary functions and modules. There you go. There, well, there no, you sec go. secondary functions are the tail. Those are four different things. Yes. And I guess com I feel where does combat come in? Because there's no way I'm doing combat in the same. Maybe there's four weeks for Mechatron. I have to look it. I have to look it up. I have to look at the schedule. Subscribe but and you can find out. Yep, subscribe and you will. Hey, you know what we're talking about more next week. We'll be back next week with more Mechatron Seven. Boom. All right. And uh, need to get up and do whatever. Yeah, I do. I'll be right. All righty. I'll flip on over to actually look at some chat here. Uh, yeah, again, the game isn't going to go into this, the rubber parts drought and fail until, you know, that part is destroyed. There's a lot of liberties taken. You know, if you're an engineer, especially if you're a mechanical engineer or a robot engineer in real life, you might not like the simplicity of the game. It's not meant for that, though. It's just meant to play robots in kind of the same fashion that you play the mutant humans and the mutant animals and purebred, uh, pure blood humans. Yeah, hit the like. Mash that like button. Kick it. Punch it. Throw something at it, but not at your computer. That would be bad. <clears throat> uh, it's Sega Genesis game. Okay, uh, I'm sure there are a lot of references as to where, uh, where people get to where this game comes from. I don't think there's any one. But yeah. Robots are nine, uh, nine by transformers would disagree. There are no female transformers. <laughs> That's silly. That's nonsense talk. Oh, the stream is not ending. We're just waiting for Heathen Dog to come back and he's going to talk about Rifts Africa. We're done with Mutant Mechatron, if that's what you wanted. Unfortunately, yeah, you'll have to quickly backtrack while it's still up uh, in its unlisted form right now because uh, it will go private after the stream is over. But if you're here for the Rifts stuff, guess what? You haven't missed a thing. Be on that in just a moment. I'm gonna learn some things about Rifts Africa, something I don't know anything about. Other than it has like two covers. Okay, he's got that cover. There's also a, another cover for it. But that this is the cover I like. Yeah, this is a cool cover. All right. Uh, let me get your thingy majiggy up. And hold on, hold on. Holding on. Standing by. All right. Today, Heathen Dog is going to regale us with an oft-requested world book from Rifts, Rifts Africa. What are you going to be telling us about today, Heathen Dog? All right. I'm going to separate this into three sections. So if you're watching on YouTube, on Memorex, you're going to get three different videos. First, I'm going to talk about the background of Rifts Africa, what happened to Rifts Africa during the cataclysm, why it is the way it is. Then I'm going to talk about the places in Rifts Africa, some a couple of the most notable places, including the Phoenix Empire, which is like the African version of the coalition, if you think they're real bad guys, which they're not, but the Phoenix Empire, spoilers, is. And then we're going to get in the Four Horsemen because they're more a force of nature than they are a monster. So we're going to, I'm going to cover them in the background as well. We believe that role-playing games should take place in fantastic worlds. The focus of the game should be on role-playing and having a good time. The core values of Hashtag RPGate and any good tabletop group are escapism, not representation, entertainment over activism, and natural, organic inclusion, 
not forced diversity. The charity we support is the Wounded Warrior Project, a national nonpartisan organization whose mission is to honor and empower wounded warriors. Please refer to the description below for the link to where you can make your hopefully tax-deductible donation. Join us Thursday and Saturday evenings on twitch.tv slash legionofmyth to watch Heathen Dog and his team of dirty casuals play multiplayer games for your mockery and enjoyment. Here on our YouTube channel, you can watch these game-related segments live every Sunday at 1 p.m. Central Time, or check out the Friday Night Chill Stream, where our panel of guests opine, comment, and editorialize on the TTRPG hobby as a whole. Please like this video and leave a comment to appease the algorithm gods. Share this video on your favorite social media platforms to help us peer out of the shadows cast over us. And if you have not done so already, please subscribe to Legion Myth for more tabletop RPG goodness. I'm gonna All put right. a comment. I'm gonna put a comment up right now. Oh, you already started oh, right now. Okay. Yeah. I thought that was funny because because I do want to mention this. Um, of course, I managed to catch you all live, and you're covering one of the worst Rifts books. This is definitely this one and the Australia book have people on extreme ends. Yeah. You gotta cover it. You gotta cover it. You gotta cover it. Oh my god, it's the worst book ever. Why would you ever do that? This one in Australia really make people feel ways about things. but And no, nobody believes me when I say, no, it's New West that's the worst. Nobody believes me. They're like, no, no, Africa, no, Australia. So, well, we're going to decide. At the end of this, I'll, I'll tell you if Africa is better or worse than New West. I'll tell you. All right. Tell us about Rifts Africa. I'm interested. Okay. First thing we're going to talk about is what is actually in Rifts Africa and how is it different now than it was the mystic world, Rifts Africa. Uh, beliefs, magic powers, and monsters are presented are not real. Okay, this this is the thirty year ago version of uh, don't don't mess with me. I'm not appropriating culture. I'm just trying to give different flavor to a damn game. You do dirty bastards. You dirty. For the record, as people have been hearing uh, on Discord, I hate all disclaimers in books i hate the disclaimer that says don't kill yourself i hate the disclaimer that says just characters i hate the disclaimer that says anything about pronouns i hate disclaimers that say we're not trying to offend anybody it's a freaking game it's not reality get over it but every company does it so yep all right so uh the people of africa have always seen the world in a very different way than western cultures possibly more than any other people on earth magic and the supernatural have been part of their everyday lives now you have to think about this way in the beginning of man magic was real magic existed in the beginning and by all you know scholarly you know uh, uh writings that we have this is the cradle of civilization this is where humans first developed. So magic here is an ancient practice. And it was passed down throughout the countless generations up until now. So the magic in Africa is primordial type magic. All right. So that that's, that's why all of the magic in this book is significantly different than in, say, the Rift's core book or in uh, a European uh, Rift source book because it's less spells and more ceremony dance. Is it uh, even, even intuition and say the Druid. I would put it closer to the Druid. Okay. Then, then, uh, then say a leyline Walker type type magic, but, uh, it is, it is much more holistic than even a Druid in my opinion. 
in my opinion. All right. And here there's lots of spirits there. There's lots of, uh, they, they call it bad medicine. You want to call it bad juju. Great, not got a Bon Jovi song stuck in my head. <laughs> yeah. Bad medicine. Yeah, I get it. And, uh, they also have here the oldest millennium tree on earth. Hopefully they don't, they don't come out and say it. They say it's probably the oldest millennium millennium tree on earth. And it's huge, but it's also controlled by the Phoenix empire. We're going to get that, get to that in a minute. Is the uh, Phoenix Empire from Egypt? Yes. Good. Okay. Yes. Yes. That's it important. Is. It is important, especially when you when you realize exactly what it is. And we go to special places, highlights of Africa. Uh, just like the rest of the world, Africa was affected greatly by the cataclysm. And if you lived in Madagascar one minute before the cataclysm, you didn't live in Madagascar one minute after the after the cataclysm, <laughs> because uh, you're dead. You oh. and everyone you know is dead. But what happened? Uh, let's see. Tsunamis, earthquakes, typhoons. Uh, you're in a you're in a smallish island. You're well, a large island, but still, you're you're dead. The whole place was wiped clean. It was just done. But if you live in the African interior, well, there's a little safety there. Africa's a little higher. They've got mountain ranges on a, on on one side and. Uh, and a, a buffer area on the other. So a lot of places in Africa were relatively untouched. I say relatively as in like a global disaster. Oh, not everyone died. And that's called relatively untouched. Uh, the, that, that's why there, that's why all of the, uh, all of the holistic magic, all the primordial magic still exists in Africa because all of the tribes that passed it down throughout the generations were in the interior of, of Africa or in the, in the Lee of the stone, so to speak of the, of the mountain ranges and survived. I'm not going to say flourished because <laughs> riffs earth is a hellscape, but survived is, is a more appropriate thing. Flourished for riffs. Flourished for riffs is breathing. That's basically <laughs> okay. it. Okay. See this right here. This, this is Madagascar right here. Mm -hmm. If you live there, you're dead. It's just, that's just the way it is. So when did that, did that happen during chaos? That happened during time? the cataclysm in the oh, first okay, okay. like 12 to 24 hours, Madagascar just lost all of its people. Okay. They just slid off. Uh, Northern Africa has a bunch of ley line nexuses. Now the reason for this is the same reason that there are pyramids there. Whenever there are ancient pyramids, that's a nexus point because the ancient people were not stupid. They understood about magic. And they built pyramids on top of nexus points. So all the pyramids of Giza, the, all those great pyramids, all that stuff, they're built on nexus points. There's a lot of nexus points in Northern Africa. That's probably why it's a cradle of civilization. You know, magic, you know, harbored the, the ability for man to come into being. Uh, those living in the interior of the continent had the best chance of survival. In fact, the countries once known as Niger, Chad, Central African Republic, and Southern Sudan made it through the Great Cataclysm comparatively unscathed. The death count was only 40% compared to 90% of everywhere else. Only 40. Only 40. Less than half. <laughs> only 10% survival. That's pretty good. That's That's really good. You're, you know, I mean... They had to catch a break at some point, and they did. During the cataclysm, they caught a break. Good for them. Uh, it also gives the climate, you know, some some of the climates have changed, but Kevin kept most of most of the climate and the habitats basically the same. You know, increase a desert here, 
shrink a jungle there, whatever. But overall, it's basically the same. Let me move on to Algeria in Northern Africa. Uh, Southern Algeria, Sahara Desert. That is basically a no-go. So much, so many sandstorms that cover 100 kilometers. It's crazy. So if DBs arrive in the Sahara... They're, they're probably not going to want to stay if they think the whole planet's like this, which is good. And uh, unlike a ley line walker who's, uh, who has a ceremonial garb of you know goggles and a breath mask and stuff like that, if you live near the Sahara in Africa, this is your current, this is your current wear just to survive. Safari walker? I don't think they call it that, but <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's important. If you live, if you live near the desert, you, you look like a ley line walker. That's, that's just how it is. Uh, lower Africa is different. Not as many, uh, uh, nexus points as Northern Africa and a lot more in the way of uh, primitive tribes, but primitive in the way of technology. Sure. Primitive in the way of magic. No. Remember what I said earlier is that this primordial magic, this magic from tens of thousands of years ago was preserved through stories and, and passed down from shaman to shaman or, or whatever they, they, they call it in, in their tribe, medicine man to medicine man. And now it all works again. So all of that is there. So they are surviving because they have this primordial magic that a lot of times doesn't even cost PPE. Cause it's so natural. It's so in tune with the land that it just works. Interesting. Okay. Now, is it super effective on an instant? No, usually take ceremonies or rituals or whatever, but it's just going to work. Uh, Nigeria and the Congo, there's the, there's the, the ancient father, the millennium tree. I'm going to talk more about that when we get into the Phoenix empire. And these are, these are OCCs. I'm not going to get into the OCCs. Right now, I'm going to get that into another thing. And is that all CCs now? It looks like, yeah, it is. Okay. So then we move on to the Phoenix Empire. Phoenix Empire originally was just Egypt. But an opportunistic supernatural creature, a dragon, decided he was going to use the chaos of the cataclysm to gain power. And he did a lot of it. It would have been great if he was a good guy, but he's not. <laughs> well, I mean, dragon, what does he care about being a good guy? Yeah, he doesn't care. He doesn't care. So he decided to uh, gather all the forces to him and go a conquering. And that's exactly what he did. Now he conquered Northern Africa because that had the most ley line nexuses, ley lines in general, which would give him even more power. And there were pyramids already built. It's great. The pyramids are already built there. So solidify that power base and then move on. And that's exactly what he did. He called himself Pharaoh Ramaset just because of the area he was in. He's actually, I think, a, a, a Asian dragon. But uh, we're, we're going to get to him in a little bit. But uh, he decided to, uh, you know, gather up all that power in himself. And that's what he did. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, the Empire is a virtual collection of nightmarish creatures. Here's the deal. Humans and human looking DBs are the equivalent of TPNs. You remember TPNs when you were in uh, Kuwait? TCNs? Oh, we call them TCNs, third country oh, nationals. Oh, yeah, okay. Okay. I, I, I heard them as TPNs, third, third okay. party national. But uh, you are the, 
bottom of the totem pole. If you're a human or or you are a human looking DB, you are garbage. If you go to the police and say, hey, this this guy robbed me or beat me up and and it was a supernatural creature, you said, get the hell out of here. Nobody cares about you. Get out. Good. Good. You're lucky you didn't take more. Yeah, you're lucky you didn't take your life. Now get out of here before I do it. It's it's like that. You thought that Atlantis was bad. No. No. This is worse. A say a, a dragon hatchling can take the richest, most influential human in this empire, rip off his limbs, pick his teeth with his bones, and throw him in an alley. Get caught and get a slap on the wrist, a 10 credit fine, and go home. That's it. You were bad again. You were bad. Don't do it again. Now go home. Okay. And he'll go home. And it's fine. That's just that's just the way the empire is. You don't like it, that's tough. Get out. Of course, the nearest way out is an ocean or a desert, so <laughs> good luck. Good luck getting out. The law of the Phoenix Empire. Human and noble characters may report an assault, crime, or injustice, but the authorities will take their claims lightly, seem exasperated that they're even here talking to them, or do nothing. That's it. Now, the only thing you can do, there is actually a uh, uh, a job for uh, for humans to interact with the government in any sh way, shape, or form. You get a non-human DB to, to negotiate for you to the cops or to any government official. You pay them money, and they're the ones who are talking. Sure, everyone knows you're talking for a human, but... They, you have a better chance of getting something out of the deal if the mouthpiece that's talking for you is a non-human deal. That's a lot of suspension of disbelief right there. It's like, you know, I know you talk for you, but you don't look human, so we're good. What do you got to say? <laughs> exactly. Think of it this way. Think of it this way. Everyone in the government looks at you as a human and has an involuntary disgust reaction. And that will color everything they think and do from that moment on. But... You put a friendly face on this garbage, polish this turd of a human, as in you have a representative who doesn't automatically give the government this disgust that you even exist, and you can get some stuff done. It's still a turd, but it doesn't stink so badly. Exactly. You're representing a turd, but the turd's not here, so I can't smell it. It's kind of like that. That's fine. And it gives all the rules assault, murder, what, what'll happen if a non-human DB does it or a human or a human looking DB does it. It's vastly different by the way. And the, the, the citizen representative is that job I was talking about where you, where you represent humans or human looking DBs for money. And the, the main city is Rama. Of course, he's going to name it after himself, right? Main city is Rama and the tree of sorrows. The tree of life has been tortured for 130 years at least by 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 the pharaoh ramaset and and his government tortured broken scarred stolen from they even they even sometimes just yell at it for no reason <laughs> you stupid fun. tree no, yeah stupid tree you're, you're nothing they, they they throw crap at it they piss on it was this kevin's take on the fact that he thought that weirdos that talk to plants were well weirdos or yeah. <laughs> Well, this is an intelligent plant, so it's actually you're hurting its feelings by doing this. <laughs> it's true. They guard it constantly. 
no non-authorized personnel are allowed within a half mile of this millennium tree because it's still alive. It can still give the gifts of a millennium tree. No matter how much bad language we use, it just won't die. It, no, it, it, yeah, it, it won't um, die. It, you know, whatever. Yeah. But it is sick. It is one third power okay. because of all the abuse it's taken. And it, it, it doesn't help people as much as a regular millennium tree would because it's jaded. And I get it. It's been tortured for decades, nonstop, every day. So, yeah, it's bad. It still can give millennium tree gifts like staves, wands, and armor and stuff like that. It still can. But it can't as often, and it won't unless the circumstances are extreme just because it's, it's, a, it's a jaded cop trying to get its 20 years in at this point, basically. And then we get into troops and defenders. We got a lot, a lot of supernatural heavy hitters that love this place. Demons love working for, for Ramaset because they love killing humans and they get to do it basically for funsies here. Uh, and of course, the Phoenix Empire has technology as well as magic because, you know, having all of these stone pyramids, you can open controlled rifts at any time to other dimensions at any time you want. So it is a commerce hub as well, has its own bizarre market, whatever you want to call it. And uh, it gets it gets inhuman DB visitors all the time. And they love it here because, you know, they're first class citizens no matter what. Is that right. this is that similar to the Atlanteans? And I'm, it I'm asking it's, uh, it's what, not uh, as good. It's not as good. Okay. You know, they don't have everything like at Atlantis. You can literally, if it exists somewhere, you can buy it in Atlantis for some price here. It's not so much that okay. I was just asking because violence was everything uh, mentioned. The Atlantean uh, pyramids, yes. the Atlantean the pyramids are, are newer, obviously, but they serve the same purpose. Okay. Uh, got, you know, all the cool, cool stuff right here, but that, that is basically the, uh, the Phoenix empire. Now, the Phoenix Empire is does have a plan, expand its power, uh, not so much to Southern Africa, because Ramaset doesn't care about Southern Africa. It's all garbage down there. He wants to go north to Europe. That's that's where the fun is. So that's where the hubris sets in. When he could just go the easy route, go south, have a whole he continent could. to himself. But no, yep. he's got to nope. go. Okay. Got to go north. The reason being is because especially in Germany. And or the NGR now mm -hmm. it's called. Uh, there, there's the brood kill and the gargoyles and stuff that are fighting against the humans. He wants he wants to be a part of that. He wants to be a part of that. Kill all humans, do it. I'm on board. So that's why he wants to be a part of that stuff. And then our last subject is going to be the four horsemen. Okay, here's the deal, right? These are apocalypse demons. There are four of them. Death, war, pestilence, famine. Now, when they enter a dimension, they are not one. They can't enter as their actual self. They enter as four fragments. And these four fragments head toward each other and meet. And when they meet, they will find the nearest ley line nexus. They have to wait for a specific or a significant stellar event like a planetary alignment or a, an eclipse, the power from that nexus will be at its peak and then they will merge. And when they do, the world will end. 
not right away, in agony over decades, the world will end. Well, how are you going to end? How is one creature going to end the world? Well, we're going to get into that. Uh, okay, bits of information about the Four Horsemen. When one is killed, what really happens is its physical body and anchor to our dimension is destroyed, sending it back to its own hell dimension. You can't actually kill it. You can't. You can banish it by destroying its physical anchor, its body on this world. And it can't come back for like 50,000 years. Fine, whatever. But you, it doesn't need all four of its fragments to merge. Sure, the merged creature will be weaker by 25%, but still horrible. The world will still end. It'll just take a couple decades more. Remember that. Every time one of the other three horsemen is slain, death, one, the death aspect, loses one quarter of its power. Mm. So if you kill all the other three, it will be at one quarter power and eventually fade from the world. Death is the only one that's special like this. If you kill all of them except for war, well, war will still stick around and cause war-type things. Famine, pestilence, same thing. But death, its anchor is the other three. If they're all destroyed, it loses its anchor and disappears as well. Well, I guess, yeah, so without says, war, famine, and pestilence, nobody dies. Exactly. Never attack death first when war, famine, and pestilence are all, until war, famine, and pestilence are all slain. Because, number one, it'll weaken death and number two, death is on a clock at that point. It only has days, weeks, hours, minutes, whatever, until it disappears as well. So why attack him first when you can attack the others? Plus, death is the most powerful when all the other ones are still there. That's just dumb. Don't do that. All right, so what do they do? Why are they so dangerous? I could talk about... This is death, by the way. Hi. It's cute. Hey, I'm cutie. Yep. I'm joining that team. Yeah, team death, baby. Now, you could talk about how it has 16,633 MDC. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> you could talk about that. You know, that's fun and all that. You could talk 16, about 16,000 MDC. Yeah. This, is, this is a medium god. A medium palladium universe god on Rift's Earth has about, you know, tens of thousands, you know, between 10 and 20,000 MDC. So, genuine god. 5,000 PPE. You could talk about that. That's great. 18th level necromancer and leyline walker. You could talk about all those powers, but that's not that's not it. No, 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 no. Special powers are why the horsemen are so damned dangerous. Let's talk about the additional limbs. Death can pick up a limb or tear a limb off of you and attach it to his own body. Get an extra attack, get greater movement if it's a leg fly if it's wings and it becomes a mega damage limb can hold a gun on its own and get an extra attack or hold a knife get an extra attack whatever and he can do that as long as there's space on his body to put another another limb on he can do that and when he doesn't need it anymore he can just pluck it off and throw it on the ground it loses all of its power when it's not connected to his body so you can't just get supernatural bones just laying around anywhere don't worry about that. You can't do that <laughs> Uh, nightmare zombies. Another one of Death's grisly powers is the Frankenstein-like ability to build a bear only with zombies. <laughs> this is fun. He kills you and your party. That's bad enough. But to add insult to that obvious injury, he can tear you apart 
and then build a Frankenstein monster out of you and your friends. It's recycling. It what are you talking about? What's that? That's recycling. That's okay. That's, that's recycling. Okay, great. But he can build you into a zombie army that, that uh, doesn't have a time limit. Doesn't have a time limit. Has a space limit. I believe it's within 100 miles. If it's more than 100 miles away, it'll last two months and then fall apart on its own. But as long as these zombies that he builds with his hands are within 100 miles of them, they last forever until destroyed. And they are automatically mega damage creatures that have supernatural strength and damage and all that good stuff. So, you know what? That's bad, right? That's bad, but that's not like super bad. We, have, we haven't gotten to super bad yet. We're, we're coming up on that. Animate and control the dead. Death can animate and control as many as 1d4 times 100 dead bodies at a time. In addition to any of the nightmare zombies he built from you and your dead friends. However, it is interesting to note that he seldom surrounds himself with an army of the dead. This is what he does. He'll go to a place that has a lot of dead bodies, which he can sense, by the way. He will raise all of the dead from that cemetery, from that battlefield, whatever, and tell them, hey, dead dead zombies and, and, and skeletons, go attack that village over there and kill everything that lives. And then he'll go about his business. That's horrible. And it's villages <laughs> villages don't do well against undead zombie hordes just from nowhere. Decay living flesh by touch. Here's where fighting death turns into a bad idea. This power turns the skin of the living into a tough, discolored gray mess with festering sores and a stench of decay. The victim of the touch of decay has extremely sensitive skin. You can't wear armor. You can barely wear clothing. The character looks horrible and frightening. Reduced, reduced physical beauty and uh, and MA to uh, by half. The character is also weak. Reduce your combat bonuses and speed by half, and skill performances are all reduced by negative fifteen. That's bad enough, right? Bad enough. Here's where it gets worse. Your stench, you smell now. Your stench is so bad. Anyone within twenty feet has to save. Uh, it's a magical curse, blah, blah, blah. Instant troglodyte. Yep, there you go. Uh, terrible to cause the characters within 20 feet to gag and possibly vomit. You have to, you have to save to not vomit. Uh, everyone around you are at minus three to initiative, even if you save or not. doesn't matter if you save or not. Everyone around you is minus three to initiative because you smell so bad. That's gross. The touch of decay is equivalent to a magic curse that lasts one month or until remove curse or restoration is successfully cast. Intended victims get to roll save versus magic, but need a 15 or higher. Induce symptoms of rigor mortis. Again, death's touch causes frightening consequences. The victim of this magic turns a pale color, joints instantly become stiff, reflexes slowed, movement is painful. Reduce the victims of attacks for victims attacks per melee combat bonus and skill performance by half half reduce speed by 75% and you get no initiative you always go last uh even and when you sleep it doesn't look like you're breathing you look dead eh, i think that's and, the least of your trouble yeah this lasts 1 month now oh, oh no i don't have sleep apnea anymore there you go yeah that's fair now, here's the thing. The touch of death 
is you are protected from it if you are in power armor or a vehicle of some kind. But even if you are in environmental armor, all of these touches from all the horsemen seem to work through the armor. That sucks. That sucks for you. Exudes a stench of death. This this is aura of fear and aggression. The emanations from this harbinger of death is the sickening sweet sense of scent of death and decay, which adds to the demon's horror factor of 19. I thought 18 was the max. So did I. I had a 22. That's fair. Psionic powers, attacks, again, a minimum of four, but with every limb he puts on, he gets another attack, so whatever. Uh, he has a, he has a weapon. It is a greatest rune weapon. Staff of Death. Wait, right here, like, the... like rune weapon, like Palladium Fantasy style rune yeah, weapon? Yeah, like Palladium Fantasy. Invulnerable, oh, wow. intelligent, evil to the core. Yeah, one of those. And he even has a mount. Look at that. He's got a little horsey. So he could go go further, do more things. Of course, he has some mighty thick legs. Yes, very thick legs. Th- that's important because uh, if you cut the legs off a horse, the horse is just useless. It's so like a rhinoceros. Big, 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 thick rhinoceros legs. That's fine. Mm. Yeah. Then the, the nether beast is called bones. Okay. You can call it whatever you want. I don't really care. <laughs> and then we have famine. Oh, I'm Again, it's not as strong. It's a, it's a lesser god of palladium strength 6700 mdc not as powerful half the ppe not as powerful but it does have really really bad special powers putrefy food drink and water by touch this is a very very strong power for one reason another of his powers is divine water so he knows where fresh water is. He'll go to it, put his hand in, in the reservoir and pollute it all. Giggle, run away. Now everyone, everyone's going to die. Because all your fresh water's dead. All your fresh water's gone. Starvation touch touches you and immediately, and for the next uh, several minutes, you will stop what you're doing to fill your belly with all the food. How much food? All of it. All the food. You will eat everything. You will continue to eat everything for the duration of this of this power. Which is that a Twilight is... Zone episode? Yeah. Basically, yeah. Where a dude starved to death, but he had to keep eating and eating and eating. Yep. Uh, duration of this magic is one hour. For an hour, you will eat everything. Do nothing else. Unless someone tries to stop you, then you will try and kill them to continue eating. And at the end of it, you vomit. No kidding, right? Yeah. At the end of it, you vomit and you are, you're queasy and, and you get minuses for the next several, several minutes. Now, uh, each count, each touch counts as one action and a roll of 14 or higher is needed to save. The magic touch will penetrate and affects characters in environmental armor but not power armor, robots, or vehicles, unless there's a, a break in it. Aura of hunger. People become hungry and thirsty when within 200 feet of famine. Everyone gets a minus one to initiative and minus 5% to skill performance. Prolonged exposure, more than 10 minutes. The, bone, the, the detriments go up 
to negative three initiative, minus one at all combat, and minus 15% all proficiencies. And speed is reduced by 10%. You recover within 10 minutes if you leave the area, but there's no save. There's no save for this. It just happens. Well, I mean, he's he's deific. I mean, yeah, I get it. Uh, Limited weather control. Uh, He can create a heat wave, drought. There he is. How are you doing? Looks like disc from Earth, though. Yeah. Frost, hailstorms, high winds. Now, he can he can do more than one more than one thing at a time. So he can do heat wave and drought. That will murder all crops within. God, there's several miles. Uh, drought. Um, where is it? There's a range. I forget. Ah, oh, crap. I can't, I can't find the range, but it is, it is in the, in the realm of uh, like a hundred miles. Like oh. crops will just die. No one will have food. Violence tells everything says two miles, two miles. Okay. Sorry. Two miles. Now, when the apocalypse creature happens, all of these powers are magnified. So buckle up. We're going to get weird. So famine, pe- pestilence and, and famine going through your area is going to, is going to wreck all of the NPCs, all of the non-combatants, because they're going to lose their food, they're going to lose their water, they're they're gonna they're all going to be sick. It's going to be gross, and getting close enough to fight fight them is going to give you detriments. Pestilence special abilities, as as you can see, uh, mega damage. It's again seven thousand, a little more than famine. PPE's lesser, even fifteen hundred, but. The powers of this thing are disgusting. A body made of bugs. Okay, I'm out. Yep, he's made of bugs. That's it. Nope. That's the way it is. Every time the body is struck, there's a repulsive crunch and a splattering sound as the many creatures that make up its dense body are mashed. When pestilence is grabbed, touched, or brushed against, hundreds of insects swarm up the arm weapon into to the body of the attacker. Character is not protected by body armor. Take 46 SDC or hit points of damage every round. And if you want to shake them off, you have to use all your actions for uh, two full rounds, 30 seconds to get them off. If you decide not to do that, then you'll take all that damage and you will take the the penalty, which is uh, minus one in all combat actions, bonuses because of insects covering your face. Just a minus one? Just a minus one. That that's that's if if you're in full environmental armor. Oh, okay. The, the insects aren't biting you. They're SDC insects. They can't get to you, but they can cover up your face and your cameras or whatever. If you're in a robot, it can do the same thing. Okay. Power armor, same thing. Pull people into your body. This is where Max goes. His brain snaps and he goes crazy. <laughs> The individual is held in place, pulled deeper into the body, and completely covered by bugs. Within two rounds, the person can hardly be seen. Characters in environmental armor are merely held captive in a disgusting way. However, those unprotected take 3d4 times 10 points of damage every round. Plus, the character must roll the disease table because you're getting sick. But You might not be able to see me, but you are going to hear me. Yeah. It's going to sound like a five-year-old girl screaming. If you are in environmental armor, great. You're not going to get sick, but you are going to get crazy. You have to roll in the trauma table. One through 10%, you lucked out. You're not crazy. I would I would disallow this for sure. <laughs> yeah, 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 Everything right. else, you get phobia, 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 obsession, phobia, obsession, phobia, obsession, phobia. 
This is where million ants came from. There you go. <laughs> Insect and arachnid swarms. The thousands of bugs that compose his body can be unleashed in a swarm of flying or crawling insects that will last a minimum of 10 minutes, but can remain active as long as pestilence desires, which can be hours or even days, or until the insects are all destroyed. Blinding cloud of flying insects. Biting insect swarm. Deadly insect swarm. This this one gives you poison. Devouring swarm. This works great on crops, by the way. Is, is, am I crops. a bad person for thinking that uh, the devour uh, the devouring swarm is the one? Just please, please poison me. Yeah, Let me just die. End <laughs> just end it. Yeah, just end it. I'll, I'll take off my armor. It's fine. Just end it. Disease swarm. Disease touch. Pestilence can also inflict the diseases listed in number three, which is this: plague, sickness fever, pox, all by touch. But every time disease is inflicted, it, it costs one action and 100 PPE. Touch of pestilence. You can touch food or a dead animal and infest it with maggots, worms, mites, basically making it unable to be eaten. Even if you get to it quick, you you cook it, you smoke it, you you do whatever to kill all the bugs and bacteria that was introduced, you only save 1d6 times 10% of it. At best, 40% of your food is gone because he touched it. Disease and, and pestilence. The demonic creature can sense whether a living creature is sick or if food, beverage, or water is contaminated. Okay, that's fine. And to me, this is the weakest of them. War. Why is he the weakest? Well, he doesn't have the really, really cool special ability. Sure, he's got, outside of death, he's got the most MDC. That's fair. But still a half a death? Yeah, it's still half of what death has, but his aura effects aren't as strong. Let's look at that. Weapon meld. His main power is to meld weapons to his body. If you're carrying a railgun, he's like, oh, railgun, neat. You can put it on his shoulder and kill you predator style. Great. You have, you have a boom gun? Awesome. Let me see that for a second. He melds it with his arm. Now he's got an unlimited ammo boom gun. Oh, yeah. He powers it with his body. And all ammo is unlimited and he never gets tired. It doesn't cost PPE. It doesn't cost anything. He has an unlimited ammo boom gun. Thank you for that, by the way. Good job. If there are, uh, where is it? A uh, power meld. There it is. Uh, if there's a tank or, uh, or a giant robot or, uh, uh, a juggernaut monstros technological monstrosity war machine of some kind, he can step on it, meld with it. And now it's his. Oh, no, it is. But I'm still sitting in it. Oh, okay. If it's if it is currently controlled, the uh the the person inside's controls override his. But oh, okay. he can just turn up the heat or whatever or release the oxygen or just ejector seat you out <laughs> and then take it over. And now he has a giant juggernaut war machine of death that he controls. Yay. And he powers it with his own body forever. And he has a greatest room weapon, a ball and chain, stuff like that. So the, he doesn't have the aura thing that the others do. That pestilence aura, the death aura, the famine aura. He doesn't have that. So all you have to do is not attack him with giant machines or technology. Attack him with magic and rune weapons and stuff like that. And you can do it. You can take him out. And it negates a lot of his special abilities. 
Okay. But just just like all the other ones, he's got a, he's got his own Nether Beast. So he's got he's got a ride, and his Nether Beast has a cannon on it because why not? <laughs> now, what happens if they all come together? They all. This was a question together. asked by somebody. Well, let's find out. If the four become one Armageddon creature, they become a primordial force of incredible destruction. As an intangible force, its presence will cause unrest throughout the world. Tension between already warring factions will escalate a hundredfold with one side or the other fighting till death and willing to destroy the other side in suicide assaults. The senseless destruction and, and uh, taking of life is unfathomable. Droughts and famine will affect lands most vulnerable such, with such, to such occurrences. Earthquakes, storms, flood, and all manner of natural disasters will sweep the globe. Within a decade, all human and DB life will be extinct. 90% of the animals and 75% of vegetation insect will be dead. A few years later, the earth will be a lifeless ball of rock and mud. Think of it this way. If they form an Armageddon creature, it will amalgamate all of their auras, what with the range of the entire world. You don't so bug, bugs all over the place. Well, I'm glad he killed me beforehand. There you go. You don't survive that. You don't. And let's say, oh no, all four of them got together. We didn't get there fast enough, but now we have, we, we spent the time getting a coalition of the willing. And now we've got hundreds and hundreds of fighters to come and take down this monstrosity. Let's do it. Let me let me zoom in a little bit. Well, that's a couple of Samus suits. 36,000 MDC. 20,000 PPE. This is greater God level of power. This is Zeus. This is Odin. This is that level of power. Mortals probably aren't going to win this. Plus they have the, uh, you know, it has all of the, the natural abilities of all four horsemen. And it regenerates 1d4 times 1000 MDC every 60 seconds. Okay. Now that's ridiculous. <laughs> okay. It is absolutely ridiculous. Even, even a 1000 every 60 seconds do the math on that that is uh one uh, ten that's 10 mdc every second 10 oh, point whatever mdc every second i think a few glitter boys could give him a run for his money no oh. i can't not even a little bit plus 10 on initiative plus 10 to strike plus 11 using any modern weapon plus 13 when using any ancient weapon plus 12 using any other weapon plus 10 to dodge uh, plus four to pull. Who cares about that? Uh, critical strike on a natural 17 or 20 and plus 10 to all plus 10 to all saving throws. 10, 10, 10, 10. Good luck getting spells off in this thing. Yeah. So you don't want this to happen now. Heathen dog. What if I kill one of them or two of them? Then it will merge with whatever's left. You kill one. It will have 75% of these stats. It will still have the auras of all the living ones, but not the one you eliminated. And it will cover only 75% of the world, not 100% of the world. You kill two of them. Well, two of the auras 
are in the Armageddon creature. Every all of its bonuses and MDC and PPE are all half, and its aura covers half the planet instead of all the planet. But it still has twenty thousand. No, it still has close to twenty thousand, seventeen, eighteen thousand MDC. You know, ten thousand PPE. It's still you know you don't let it happen. Basically, don't let it happen. If there is only one left, it can't merge. So it won't become any version of the Armageddon creature. It'll just stay war or famine or pestilence. If it's death, it will stay death, but in several days, it will just fade away. Unless, unless it gets the worship of a sufficiently sized death cult that can keep it in the world. That can be the anchor in the world and can stay. It'll work from the background at this point, but it'll still be affecting the world in very, very negative ways. So that's the background of Africa. I know this was long. I'm sorry, but I wanted to get the horsemen because they are more uh, a fixture of Africa than they are a creature, kind of like a, a force of nature part of the landscape something you just have to suffer through you can't you know reason with they just do it but that is africa that's basically the things in africa next we're going over some of the new occs that are introduced in africa and after that we are going to look at the adventures we're going to look at adventure ideas and the storyline that is presented and then you'll have as full Africa picture as you can without buying the book. So please like subscribe and stay tuned for the next section. Well, first stay tuned for current questions. Oh, I like the disclaimer. Don't eat this book. Okay. I'll accept one. Fair enough. Uh, first novels, duty's edge by Will Irwin. It's a very interesting dovetail into this world book. Okay. I haven't read any of the riffs novels. Do you free the tree? Will it ask you to end its misery? Uh, that's up to the game master. I would probably say no. It'll be very grateful that it won't be tortured and peed on all the time. <laughs> a couple of people in chat who were uh, talking about why this book was bad, so I asked for a clarification. I'm not going to put them okay. all up here, but uh, the maybe you can address this. Uh, aside from the ridiculous MDC for the Four Horsemen, just in, uh, inducing munchkin characters to have any chance... They and the gods are simply overpowered antagonists. Okay, now, fair enough. They also have gods in this book, which I didn't get into because it wasn't important to just Africa as a whole. Good and bad gods, you know, whatever. But the horsemen are not meant to be fought by only the player characters. In the story of the horsemen, there's Aaron Tarn, there's Sir William Thorpe, there's uh, uh, an, an, another another Asian dragon, and they are gathering that coalition of the willing I was talking about. So you are not, your group is going to face the horsemen, but you're not alone. You have at least a hundred other warriors with you, or as close to that as you can get. All of you together can defeat these low-level gods as long as they don't merge. If you screw up and they merge, if there's three or four of them that merge together, just quit. Just quit playing. You lost. What, what about just the idea of it being the overarching 
it's more of a thought, more of a fear than an actual reality, just something. I'm not saying they don't exist. I'm just saying instead of going to Africa, well, the only reason to go to Africa is to fight the four horsemen of the apocalypse. No, no, no. Just have them always in the background as a potential threat and a fear. And, you know, everybody recognizes them, but not actually be something you face. That is true. You don't need to do that. You you can start your African adventure when the four horsemen have already been dealt with. And in, in the adventure section later on, I'm going to get into those ideas. Okay. But the horsemen are meant to be fought with NPC armies, not just your five or six people, because they're not going to win. And then Killraven says, well, let's see, the, the horsemen stuff felt pointless. The Nile gods are better represented in other books. Phoenix Empire felt like a wasted opportunity. It comes off as a worse version of Atlantis. Uh, I I like the fact that the that the Phoenix Empire is so blatantly racist. Now in Atlantis, it's not racism; it's business. Humans are good slaves. It's good for business. They don't they don't hate humans. They're just weak. You can push them around. You can sell them, make money. In the Phoenix Empire, it is blatant racism. Just blatant. Anti-human like racism. That. Black and white. I like that black and white hatred. I like that a lot. You don't see that a lot in uh, in role-playing games, especially nowadays. Especially anti-human. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Point Blank says, we'll using fire kill the insects from, was it Pestle? Yes, yes. Uh, Flamethrowers have an area effect, and these are just regular insects, so you'll kill many, many of them at once. But uh, he can just make more. You know, it's not <laughs> like you're going to get anywhere. I have lost 300 ants. Oh, I now no. have 1 million ants. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, my Hawkman says, so it's a force so deadly that even evil DBs will want to stop it? Uh, no, no, not necessarily because most of the evil DBs that know about it are in the Phoenix empire and they have all of the ways off the planet. If they want to leave all those stone pyramids with riffs on demand, it's just another rock floating in space. Now it was, exactly. it was fun while it lasted, but the party's yeah. over. Let's move on. Exactly. They don't have any skin in this game. They can just go home or go somewhere else. This is this is basically a, a a trip to them. They don't care about Earth. Who cares? All right, that's uh that's all I have. So let's move on to the next one. Excellent. I can cut it there. So I hit the wrong button. Let's hit the right button. All right, give me a sec. Mm -hmm. We're waiting for Heathen Dog. Da, da, da. Uh, I, I do understand when folks were saying like, hey, that's an entire continent. It could have been broken into two, three, four, five books. I, I guess I can understand that. There, you know, there's probably a lot of time that it takes to research it as well and get it right that Kevin honestly doesn't have. I mean, remember Kevin, uh, sorry, um, Eric wrote a lot of the Asia stuff because he lived in Asia. He had a deep understanding of the Asia, uh, of the Asian Asia. continent. <laughs> What's that? Of, he had a deep understanding of the Asia. <laughs> well, I was going to say of the Asian continent, but I wanted to change. But yeah, um, he 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 had a, he had a lot of influence on that. Kevin himself probably doesn't have the time to do the deeper research. Well, it's right there on Wikipedia. Yeah, but you have 
to look at, yeah. find this, to verify this was that it's true. 30 years ago, man. There was no Wikipedia. Well, fair. But, I mean, you could you have to verify that it's true. You have to you know find out you know what's anecdotal, what's actually more serious than other yada yada yada. I'm not making excuses for. It. I'm just saying that could possibly be you know what what's part of that. At the same time, hey, you know, you know he appreciates the fans. So enough content or comments out there saying, Kevin, better Africa, more Africa might be something that he could update. All right, I'm ready. All right, for our second part, we're now going to go into the occupational character classes that exist. Africa Rifts World Book. And Heathen Dog's going to tell us a little bit about that. About that. So what do you have coming for us, Heathen Dog? Well, I spoke a lot in the last video about the more primordial or holistic magic. And these African OCCs de, uh, explain how this works. They have a lot of special abilities. A lot of them are through ritual and dance and stuff like that, but they always work and they always have an effect and it's usually good, except for a couple of them, which I'm going to get into, especially the African witch. The core values of hashtag RPGate and any good tabletop group are escapism, not representation, entertainment over activism, and natural organic inclusion, not forced diversity. Please follow that QR code or refer to the description below for the link to the charity we support, which is the Wounded Warrior Project. Thursdays and Saturdays, you can watch the Dirty Casuals on twitch.tv slash Legion of Myth. Fridays and Sundays, you can watch the Friday Night Chill Stream and RPG Digest on our YouTube and Rumble channels. Please leave us a comment with your thoughts and experiences, and if you like our gaming content, please be sure to subscribe to Legion of Myth. Right. All right. Ready for the book? Yeah, hit it up. If you if you have watched this channel at all, at all, you know how I feel about witches as an OCC. You know how I feel. <laughs> Hate it. African witch, also bad. Now remember, in the original Palladium book where witches were introduced, they were non-player characters. That disease festered into player characters. So I imagine someday the African witch will do the same thing. But right now it says NPC villain. Right now it says non-player character villain. But who knows what evil the future holds. The African witch is always an agent of evil. Full stop right there, Kevin. A witch is always literally an agent of evil. The regular witch, OCC, is literally an agent of an evil supernatural power so you are an agent of evil i don't know why this is necessary all witches are agents of evil remember that uh the witch creates bad medicine or bad juju with the intent to hurt others to get revenge help help herself at the expense of others or to disrupt the harmony of nature as agents of evil which is associated with evil spirits demons devils evil forces to create bad medicine and deliberately cause the pain and suffering of others that's their job that's their, that's their only purpose in life, to screw up everyone's day. That's what they do. That's why they're great evil NPCs. So what do the witches do? They are creatures of the night. Witches tend to shun the light of day and are most active at night and love darkness. They have night vision of 200 feet and can see the invisible. Can they work during the day? Yes. Are they harmed by sunlight? No. They just prefer at night because... Nighttime is the right time. Nighttime is the right time. Yeah. Lycanthropy. African witches possess the power of magic lycanthropy, a magic that enables them to turn into large snake, dog, panther, ram, or goat, but only at night. 
So they can turn into animals at night. Create magic snakes. You thought only Moses could do this? No. African witches can do this too. Uh, the only purpose of this magic creature is to strike down an enemy. The snakes can be sent against people or a person's animals, such as their favorite pet or slaughter livestock. The witch can create up to seven deadly snakes, but each snake temporarily drains the witch of 10 hit points. Now, if you kill the snakes, the witch gets the hit points back immediately. Oh. So that's the way it is. Sorry. Each snake is three feet long, two attacks per melee, uh, prowl 60%. Uh, the bite of a snake injects a magic poison into the victim. Humans and all STC creatures must roll a 15 or higher to save versus the magic venom. Mega damage creatures need a 13 or higher to save. That's right. They wow. may be STC creatures, but their fangs can pierce the flesh of an MDC creature and poison it. Remember that. Spit on strong snakes. teeth. Yeah. Spit on snakes and cause them to split open and die. Wait, wait, what? Let's read that. Hang on. The African witch's relationship to snakes is unmistakable. Even her ordinary spit will instantly kill a snake by splitting it open. Furthermore, the witch is impervious to the most deadly snake venom, but is vulnerable to other types of poisons and drugs. Why that's there? Flavor. I wonder Flavor. if there's like some sort of African myth on, on that. That uh... Probably so. That's why it was introduced here, some kind of flavor. Mm. Eat away or drain the life of their enemies. Here's the thing. Here's what the, here's what the African witch does. You're out at night or you're home in your bed. The witch changes form into a bat or whatever, flies into your room, lands on your, on your uh, headboard and starts draining your life while you sleep. That's naughty. And it can do that night in and night out for as long as it wants. And when it gets you to 30% power, which means it's drained you, seven days in a row you are now basically a thrall of the witch person becomes weaker and weaker uh the sdc stolen from you is added to the witch when the victim has reduced to 30 percent of his normal hit points he is too weak to resist the witch like a vampire she now holds power over him she can sense his location within 500 miles and can mentally call him to her the victims nor can the victim raise a hand even in self-defense There is no saving throw against this power of witchcraft unless the medicine man's, another OCC medicine man's charm of protection is used. Only way to save the victim of the eating touch is to take him far away, over 500 miles. But the character will permanently lose all eaten, stolen SDC or hit points and wow. points. The alternative is to find the witch, convince her to return the life fences that was stolen. It's likely to require the person to pay a king's ransom or perform some service, typically something that is evil, blah, blah, blah. There is one of the recourse. Killer. That's what you got. That seems the simplest method. Simplest method. And, and a permanent one because you don't have to worry about her coming back and saying, you know. That'll stop it. So if you are drained by a witch, your SDC and hit points are gone permanently. Unless the witch gives them back. Don't bet on that. Or the witch is dead. Oh, that's like a wraith from Stargate. Yeah. Except the witch's maximum total is increased permanently because of this because of the stealing or it didn't say that that it faded through time i got you so and it gets occ abilities now the one thing about the uh, the magical occs 
of Africa is that they generally do not store as much PPE or ISP as the North American variants, South American variants, European variants, Asian, whatever. They rely on stealing other people's PPE or ISP or using stuff that doesn't take PPE or ISP. Like all those powers of the witches turning into this, turning into that, draining you during the night like a damn vampire. No PPE required. None. Just work. It just, you know, save and it works. That's it. You're going to see that theme throughout all the OCCs. And then, of course, there's a witch insanity table. The witch is often mentally unbalanced. No <laughs> kidding. You. Roll once on the following tables at levels 3, 7, 9, and 13. Kind of like a, a crazy light. And then they have specific spells. Remember, they use magic differently, so they don't get armor of Ithan, stuff like that. They have these spells, which are much more primitive and primordial, but they work better, more reliably, and usually cost less PPE per damage taken or de delivered or whatever. To charge object with evil, is that like making the puzzle box to summon Pinhead? The witch can instill bad medicine, effectively a powerful curse, into an otherwise ordinary object. The evil item must then either be offered by the witch... Or, or the item must be made known to, or simply blah, blah, made known to be bad medicine. The latter is usually placed on an item of importance to prevent its use by good characters, diminish its value, and or torment its owners. So kind of like a, kind of like Sleeping Beauty, the witch gave her an apple. It was cursed with the curse of, you know, permanent slumber. Well, this witch can curse an item, give it to you, and then you are now cursed. What are the curses? Well, you Blind, bad luck, fever, mystic poisoning, mystic sickness. Well, blind yeah, and bad good. luck. That sounds like my life already. There you go. <laughs> I like mystic poisoning, though. And I don't want to get too much into the powers, yeah, but they are all about affecting a large area, not combat. Not so much combat, but affecting a touch. Summon and control drought. It seems like they're already in league with the four horsemen. Yes. Summon biting insect swarm. You know, witches will help the four horsemen. If they're around, yeah, they will awesome. summon and control a heat wave. Now, witches do this because they want to cause pain and death to as many people as possible. So they, they have spells that do it. And then there's the witch's enemy, the medicine man. The medicine man is your shaman. Your village, your village medicine man uh, is the is the panacea to the roaming African witch. All of his powers and abilities are to either rectify or nullify or combat the powers of the witch. You, he can see bad medicine. He can see curses or bad juju on things. So he can see the witch's cursed item. He can see when someone is plagued with a, a mystical disease or, or malady. How useful would an OCC like this be in outside of Africa? Uh, outside of Africa, it's a great NPC. <laughs> Not a PC. Recognizes where beast footprints recognize mind control, recognize bio wizardry, real wound weapons, and technical wizard devices, impervious to magic attacks of witches, magic snakes, sorry, impervious to possession, make a medicine stick. Making of a medicine stick requires a lengthy 48-hour ritual 
one end is tapered, blah, blah, blah. The medicine stick does 2d6 SDC damage as normal weapon, double damage to witches, 4d6 mega damage to were beasts, evil spirits, and mega damage creatures, and is charged with good medicine. The good medicine takes the medicine man, makes medicine man impervious to the evil medicine or magic of a witch, and only the witch, and, and makes it plus one to parry. It's also indestructible as long as he's holding it. Others who hold onto the stick, well, they get plus two savers, possession, mind control, but they get bonuses, but it's not, it's not huge. The medicine man often lends his medicine stick to those in need. It costs 800 PPE to make a medicine stick. That's huge. But if you spend enough time at a ley line or a ley line nexus, you can siphon off this stuff and it, it can be done. Plus well, it's also, permanent. Also 48 hours. So, I mean, it's not like you're, you're not trying to whip this out in one action no. anyway. You're, no, you're, you're spending you're some time. Yes. So if you are at a nexus point, you can bleed this nexus point for 60 PPE an hour. You know, 60 times 48 is more than enough. Right. So there you go. Make medicine horn, charms, and amulets. The, these are the these are the uh, defenses or cures for witch-like abilities. Curses of an area. You, you can make a, a, a scarecrow or something and, and put good medicine on it to protect your crops from famine or drought. Uh, you you can make a protective amulet that will protect you against against a witch's nighttime feeding attack. That'll work. You could do that. The medicine man does all this stuff. All medicine men are psychic sensitive. They have ISP. It's not a lot. Is your ME plus 12 and add 1d6 plus 1 per level of experience. But you get clairvoyance, empathy, presence, sense, see the invisible, sense evil, sixth sense, psychic diagnosis, and mind block. It's a Meditation. Divine. Uh, meditation, you can uh, you can automatically meditate to increase, uh, regain ISP and PPE. Uh, Spirit Guardian. The psychic powers and focus enable the medicine man to contact and see visions of his ancestors. Only he can see and talk to his spirit. This is like the uh, Avatar, the last airbender power. Uh, until he gets used to this, the medicine man may seem like a schizophrenic, but he's actually talking to spirits. Uh, the medicine man must uh, meditate for one to four minutes to summon a spirit guardian. The spirit is always the same person and always a deceased loved one, father, mother, brother, uncle, so on. Other ancestral spirits may appear to offer their help, but they are not the guardian spirit and are often visit to you in dreams. Visitation by an own spirit can mean bad medicine, blah, blah, blah. Offers the following benefits. Warns of witches and witch magic. Warns of involvement in evil spirits. Warns, warn, warn, warn. Identify possession, mind control. Identify old enemies. Identify presence of good medicine, locate secret passage, locate drinking water, suggest where a lost child might be found, suggest a safer route or passage. Basically, he is the game master giving you hints. <laughs> That's what he is. He's the game master giving you free hints. Is it super effective in combat? Not at all. Is it super effective in game? Not really. Is it a free bonus? Yeah. It's a free bonus. I like it. And you can make the, these are the charms and amulets protection against witches, protection against life eating, protection against disease, magic wings, horn of divining, a witch lure left in the open where it attracts witches and snakes. <laughs> Why would you want to do that? No, I know I can understand reasons, but. And That's the last thing the, I want you to make. Yeah, there's the African Rainmaker. Again, he fights drought. He fights heat waves. He, all, all of the OCCs are low power, but high AOE type magical or psionic people. And again, is this another one of those that's that's cool to play on the African continent, but not much use outside of it? Yeah, basically yes. <laughs> basically yes. 
African Priest. Again, this he's really great against spirits. Other than that, meh. Meh. And this gives uh, a list of all the ceremonial magic that the that the priest can do. Again, this all ceremony, ritual of chanting, um, chants of blessing, control ley line storms, exorcism, water doubling, which is important in, in Africa. Some in a lot of places in Africa, you know, doubling the amount of water, you're like the hero of of, of forever. And these are all the things that the medicine man and the African priest can do. Uh, these are rain magic rituals for the OCC Rainmaker. Again, all of them have specific spells because they don't learn magic like other magical OCCs do. They have primordial magic. And here you this go, is mind gross. Bleeder, the mind bleeder. I've heard a lot about the mind bleeder. Never read the book before this week. I'm not impressed. Really? I'm not impressed by the mind bleeder. Here's why. Natural <laughs> abilities. He's a scion, a master psionic character. Okay. Okay. Sent psionics. Bonuses to psionics. Just because he's a master, he gets a save 10 or higher and enjoys a bonus of plus two to save versus psionics, blah, blah, blah. So he's an eight or higher. Great. Bonuses versus magic illusions, blah, blah, blah. You can select four mind bleeder powers at first level. Additional two at levels three, six, eight, 10, and 12. Other psionic powers. Experience levels two, four, Select a total of three powers from one of the following categories. Heal, sensitive, physical. At levels 3, 7, 11, and 15, you get a supersonic power. Well, that's something. You know, you get supersonics at some point. That's great. But their big thing is their ISP drain. You can drain 10 ISP per level of experience from another psychic that you can see. 10 feet per <laughs> level of experience range. I drain your ISP and I take it from my own. Does the person who had it drained know who did it to him? No, okay. but they get it. They, you can probably tell. I'll tell you in a minute. I'll tell you what. You can probably tell okay. them. Tell them part. But uh, this is, costs no ISP. It's instantaneous. Can only be performed once per minute. And only those with ISP can be drained. Obviously, you can't drain ISP from someone who's not a psychic. PPE cannot be drained in this way. You either save or you throw up a mind block as defense. Here's the rub. If you decide, I want to save, there's no going back. You roll. If you save, he gets nothing. If you fail, he gets 10 per level okay. of ISP. Drained, gone. If you throw up a mind block, there's no saving throw, but the mind bleeder gets three ISP per level of experience. So still gets? Still gets some. Not 10. Only three. Uh, you can use the stolen ISP in three ways. Temporarily store it in yourself. Maximum length of time the mind bleeder can keep hold on to the additional stored energy is 30 minutes per level. Immediately okay. use it to use your own psychic powers or just throw it away. <laughs> yeah, I'm wasting. That's a uh, catch and release. Catch and release. Basically, yes. Yeah, I like that. And uh, influence of leyline energy, just like all other uh, magicians and psychics, uh, their powers are boosted at or around ley lines and nexus points. But the base ISP is stupid. It's your mental endurance plus 10. That's it. It seems low. It is very low, very low. They require the mind bleed power to use significant portions of their abilities. And this is why you could probably tell 
This is a mind bleeder. When he's using his powers, this is what happens to his face. Oh, well, that's lame. The veins turn blue, be pulsate, and become very apparent. So if you suddenly lose 20, 30, 40, 80 ISP. Look for the Telosian. Yeah, look for that guy. He did it. <laughs> uh, the powers are meh. Well, to be fair, the mind melter is pale, right? No, it doesn't have to be. Okay. No, there, there is no that... physical characteristic that is that is for mind melters. Oh, uh, for some reason, I thought mind melters were powder. But okay. No, no, they are not. They they look like folk. Okay. Now these are the powers of the mind bleeder. Uh, the special powers of a mind bleeder. Look at the mental block removal. Can remove a mind block to bleed him. Hey, he threw up a mind block. Well, I'm going to rip it down. Then get his ISP. Okay, that's cool. That's some cool stuff. Psychic parasite. Yeah, basically a psychic parasite. Here's the rub, though. If you don't have any psychics in your party, you're probably going to win. Because he's going to run of ISP very quick. Because he has barely any. So I don't see these guys as viable. If you're not fighting against a, a psychic, you're just... Well, a couple of folks in chat said they make good villains. Okay, if, as, as long as your group consists of at least one or two psychics then yeah sure good villains but if if you're a if you're you know a regular coalition group that doesn't have psychics in it you're just going to blow his head off and that's going to be it optional occ that's mm. all should not be optional okay the necromancer <sighs> okay uh you know i'm no intrigued already so <laughs> no one's gonna like this guy oh because of what he does. Even if you're a good guy, you're probably not a good guy. Special powers. Union with the dead. This power enables Necromancer to transform his own hands and feet into claws of an animal. You, If you take the claw of an animal and tie it to your arm, forearm, or hand, or whatever, you can spend a PPE, depending on the animal, and turn your hand into that animal. Now, if it's a supernatural creature, your arm now does mega damage. If you have wings, you can put wings on yourself. And it gives it gives things, tentacles, rodent claws. See, this is See, look at you. Yeah, like, oh yeah, you're Eagle not talent. winning any. Yeah, you're not winning any contest. Cat, canine, bear, bird, dragon, non-supernatural mega damage creature, supernatural creature. Hooves augmentation and additional appendages this power enables necromancer to temporarily attach limbs of dead creatures people and animals to his own body this is the same power that that death has the the horseman death you can put a put an arm on his torso and have an extra attack two additional legs go faster ppe cost is depending on what you put on what what kind of creature it is is it a supernatural creature? It'll give supernatural powers and cost more PPE to do. Uh, Dragonhorn uh, instills 25 MDC to the character wearing the horn. Two or more horns is 2D, uh, 2d6 MD in damage. And an additional horn adds another 10 MDC. So you become a supernatural creature if you merge your body with a supernatural creature's appendage. Okay. Okay, cool. That's cool. I'm Animate still, still waiting to see the necromancy part, though. Animate and control the dead. There you go. Oh. 
The necromancer can animate and control dead body skeletons, corpses, etc. Like giant puppets. This power is very similar to the common spell, only the power of the necromancer is considerably greater than the spell. Cost 10 PPE, range 300 feet, duration 10 minutes per level. The necromancer can control four corpses per level of experience. This is for 10 PPE. 10. A first level necromancer can instantly animate four undead minions by snapping his fingers. Yes. The animated dead can be skeleton or corpse. Uh, speed of seven, two attacks per round. Damage inflicted, punches, kicks, claws, and bites is 1d6. Only the simplest mega damage weapons can be used, such as flaming sword, vibroblade, etc. Modern weapons or guns can't because they just don't have the dexterity for it. Only total destruction will stop the animated dead. The only alternative is to slay their creator. SDC of small skeleton is 50. Human size is 80. Giant is 140. Note that bullets and stabbing weapons do one-third damage. Blunt smashing weapons do full. Fire does double. So, yeah, they're not supernatural creatures. They're not mega damage. But if you want to assail a village of just folk, you go to their cemetery, you raise up all their dead relatives, and the dead relatives go and murder everybody. That's a way to go. They're impervious to vampires. They can't be turned into a vampire. They can't be controlled by a vampire. They can still be torn apart by a vampire, but they can't be controlled in any way. They have a horror factor of six and it adds one at levels three, five, seven, nine, 11, 13, and 15. So they have a total horror factor of six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 at yeah. level 15. Not a 22. Not a 22. Uh, learning new spells, additional spells and rituals created between necromancy can be learned or purchased at any time, regardless of character's experience level, but only, only spells and rituals of necromancy. And of course, they also go insane. Necromagic. They have necromagic. Command ghouls, death strike, death mask, consume power and knowledge. That's uh, eating someone's brains. Uh, divining tombs and graves, kill plants, maggots, read the dead, recognize dead, shadow death. Shadow of Doom, which is a curse. Uh, strength of the Dead. Okay. Uh, you, you get uh, half the SDC and hit points, or MDC if it was a supernatural creature, of a dead body you touch. So if someone killed a dragon, you touch dragon bones, you will get half of the MDC of that dragon when it was full. When it was unhurt. So you'll get thousands of MDC. For two minutes per level of experience. That's cool. That's very dangerous. Transfer life force. Now we get into Sith territory. <laughs> the spell enables necromancer's life essence to inhabit and animate skeletons, corpses, mummies, zombies, even puppets like a robot. The possessed dead thing has all the mental and physical powers of the necromancer. However, magic spells and psionic powers cannot be used. That's okay. Doesn't Wait, wait. Isn't that a mental power? Aren't psionic mental powers? <laughs> yeah, but uh, the... I'm the, sure it uh, just means thought capacity, but yeah. Yeah, the, the connection between the mind and body is important because the, the ISP is actually stored in the body. But it had me all so, enticed by saying mental powers. And, oh, except for the mental powers. Well, you have all the special abilities that I was talking about. I got I got you. Okay. And here's the necromancy spells. There aren't many, but they're there. And that's it. The, those, are, those are the main OCCs for Rifts Africa. Now, uh, do they work outside of Africa? Sure. Would you want to play them? Probably not. 
Probably not. But they are lore appropriate and setting appropriate, and they make great NPCs. I mean, who wouldn't want to be friends with a medicine man? What village doesn't want their own rainmaker? And an African witch and a necromancer are amazing NPC enemies. Defeating them will greatly ingratiate you into the nearby villages and people. You'll be a hero. Sung, sung songs for generations. You'll get a thatch hutch and a woman. Yes. And a full belly. And a full belly. <laughs> uh, so a, a couple of First one I want to say is, so according to Violence Solves Everything, Mind Block Auto Defense takes away that choice. Oh yeah, Mind Block Auto Defense goes up automatically, whether yeah. you want it to or not. It is instinctive. So it will automatically go to, they, they get three ISP per their level. All right, uh, Francois Dorcher says, ironically, oh, you must have started this one because this is the last video. Uh, Splin Crypt would likely care more about the four horsemen and try to stop it from happening. Yes, the reason being is because Atlantis is run by, by Splugorth. Splugorth are all about business and the world being destroyed is bad for business. So he would want to put a kibosh on this four horsemen nonsense. Okay. Uh, how much do the four horsemen even care? They don't. They they only want to bring death and destruction. They will destroy the world and then move on to another. That's it. They're, that's enough. why they're forces of nature. They just do. Right. African necromancy or mystic Russia necromancy. By the way, mystic Russia, I think, is the only world book I own. Oh, okay. Bob gave it to me back when we were in the Air Force because, you know, I studied Russian. Yeah, uh, necromancy is uh, is bad. Which which one is more powerful, better? Would win, whatever. Uh, I don't know. I don't know the the Russian necromancer enough. Okay. To make a side by side comparison. Sorry, CBK Ply. Maybe we now have another book for Heathen Dog to look through. There you go. Uh, Blank says, uh, but can the African witch cast rug of adhesion? That's the Carpet. real question. Carpet no, adhesion, but yeah, no, I get it. Rug. Oh, a rug. Oh no. It's like, you know, a flying carpet from anyway. I have not then she's nerfed and weak. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all of these African OCCs have their own specific spells. And it seems like they can't learn any other spells because most of them use instinctual magic, like a mystic where they don't study spells. They just kind of get them at levels. A violence sells everything says mystic Russia necromancy is more PC appropriate. Oh, and of okay. course, Rex Steel says, more content! So there you go. Uh, Kill Raven, I like Mind Bleeders as villains. Pretty cool as an addition to a coalition squad. Okay, that I can see. A Mind Bleeder allying himself with the coalition is devastating to, to uh, any, any psychic that the coalition death squad walks into. Absolutely devastating. If, if I were a coalition death squad, I would want a Mind Bleeder on my side. I still wouldn't trust him because he's a dirty psychic, but you know, useful, useful. Okay. Steel says, as long as he doesn't get caught, could the necromancer use his abilities to become tolerated in the Phoenix empire? Yes. The reason being is because he can easily become a non-human DB by attaching all this, you know, dead things to himself. And so he'll be seen in a greater light in a, in a, uh, you know, a more favorable fashion. 
than your normal human. Okay. But end this up on something else because I forgot to mention something earlier because it doesn't pop up on the screen as easily. So, uh, yeah, uh, the Crafting Gamer gifted Noro a membership. I don't know why she's my wife, <laughs> but thank and you, Crafting wasn't Gamer. A member. She should she should be spending your money to give you money. Well, not only that, but now all my secret videos that I put in the members area so that she can't see them because, you know, she's my wife. She now has access to. Uh -oh. So uh -oh. thanks, Crafting Gamer, for gifting my wife a membership uh, on top Great. of that. I, I also want to mention that uh, Carl ID 871 on uh, he, we read a comment of his earlier. Uh, he subscribed with Prime on Twitch. So there we go. Got a couple of ducats today. So thank you guys for that. All right. Uh, if you do look at Mystic Rush Show, the Mystic uh, Kunzia is my favorite uh, go-to class. Okay, Mystic Russian Necro is basically the same, just gets access to some new spells. Okay. All right. So that's it for uh, for the uh, OCCs? Yep. Excellent. Let me remind everybody to like, subscribe, and share. And we'll be back in just a moment. I mean, uh, in a couple of days. <laughs> All right, hang on. Oops. Uh, if you can wait one, I do actually have to step away. Can we both step away for a minute and yeah, sure. hold down the fort here? All right, we'll be right back, ladies and gentlemen. My God, this is taking too long. This could have been four segments, not three. They all talk about the <gasps> gypsies. Yeah. You know. It's the times. Everyone talks to monk yourself. Now, for your pleasure, the subtle acoustic tones of the cinematic. The hell is that? Oh, did you do that? I was like, what the hell did I come back to? What's going on? <laughs> I was giving everyone something to get chill with, you know? Okay. All right. Well, that, that, okay. Let's get ready to go. Here. All right. For the last part of Riffs World Book 4. Africa. He thought he was going to give us some adventure ideas. There's some folks that were saying that, hey, you know what? The Africa book's just missing a lot. It could have been so much more. Well, let's find out how much more it could be or find out what kind of adventure ideas we can have here. So what kind of adventure ideas? What what are the ideas for adventuring in Africa? It just seems like four horsemen and some evil Egyptian pharaoh dragon people. Uh, Yeah, that's it. <laughs> the the main campaign is against the four horsemen once that's done the heroes can leave africa if they want or 
they can go after Pharaoh Ramaset and his evil empire of, of racist bigots. You know, all of your blue haired players will really like that, but it's not necessary, but it's here. And I'm going to show you how it's done. The core values of hashtag RPGate and any good tabletop group are escapism, not representation, entertainment over activism, and natural organic inclusion, not forced diversity. Please follow that QR code or refer to the description below for the link to the charity we support, which is the Wounded Warrior Project. Thursdays and Saturdays, you can watch the Dirty Casuals on twitch.tv slash Legion of Myth. Fridays and Sundays, you can watch the Friday Night Chill Stream and RPG Digest on our YouTube and Rumble channels. Please leave us a comment with your thoughts and experiences, and if you like our gaming content, please be sure to subscribe to Legion of Myth. All right, here we are. And first, oops, the main reason you'd probably buy the African book is for the Four Horsemen campaign. And in this campaign, you get to see again Aaron Tarn. She is traveling in Africa during this time, and she is a pivotal part of the main adventure, which is the defeating of the Four Horsemen. And of course, where Aaron goes, Captain Thorpe follows her trusty cyber knight. There he is in all of his beautiful glory. He is he is the uh, chaste lover of Aaron Tarn. I'm going to say it. It's all it's all chivalric knight nonsense with him. And uh, he loves her to death, but he stays away because, you know, chivalric knights were stupid. <laughs> okay. But the cool thing is also you get Victor Laszlo, the real Victor Laszlo. Like from beyond the supernatural? From the 20th century, yes. From pre-Rift's pre Earth. It's looking pretty ripped there. Into a rift before the rifts, uh, the rifts were common in the 1900s and was catapulted to the future of like nine years ago. He arrived in Germany and made his way south and now he's in Rifts, Africa. And Aaron Tarn and uh, and the her, her dragon friend and Sir Thorpe are like giddy like schoolgirls that they get to meet the actual Victor Laszlo. Like the real one. Does he look yeah. down on them, make him get coffee and so forth? No, no, no. He's a cool dude. He's a cool dude. All right. And he does have psionic powers, but they're like latent. He can't really use them on command. They're more instinctual. <laughs> and they're multiplied by four when he's in front of a piece. <laughs> uh, so, you know, that, that that's, these are all, you know, flavor added to the main campaign. You, Aaron Tarn, Victor Laszlo, and, and, uh, and Lilo or Lolai or whatever it is the the uh, the uh, Asian dragon get to work together to stop the four horsemen. There he is. How you doing? Oh, that's last. Lo, lo Sorry, Lo Lo Fung. Lo Fung. Lo Fung. Lo Fung the dragon. That's a dragon. That's a dragon in human form, but the dragon. And of course, we have the crocodile god. How you doing? Come closer. I'm good. Thank you. You know, all that stuff. But this, uh, you use these NPCs in the main campaign. You're fighting the horseman. But after the horseman is done, after you've defeated the horseman, you can go on to the other obvious adventure in Africa, defeating the Phoenix Empire. Now, if you don't defeat the horseman, it doesn't matter. 
<laughs> it doesn't matter. There are no more adventures. Yay. So all you game masters out there, if you want to stop your Rifts campaign, but everyone says, no, I don't want to stop, get Rifts Africa, play it out, make sure they lose, you stop. Because <laughs> the world's over. <laughs> there you go. So encounters and adventures. You have necromancers. That is easy. The necromancer, the African witch, they are uh, low-level but long-reach NPC villains. You can save several villages, you know, large sections of continent, if they're like 15th level, from these, from these uh, uh, slowly poisoning the land and the people uh, bad guys. Because that's what necromancers and African witches do. Whatever. No, that's what they do. That's what. So you can go hunting these folk too. That's fine. You can do it. Uh, what do we have? Bandits, mind bleeders, spies, or assassins. Witches just looking for trouble for fun. A bad medicine shrine. Nightmare zombies created by death that are still around. You can or, or created by a necromancer. And uh, many other possibilities. Obviously, the Four Horsemen's first one. Gods of Light, uh, Merlin, and New Camelot. This is only if you have uh, the the world book for uh, for Britain, uh, because in this book it doesn't give enough to really play it out. Uh, Splugorth, like I said, once Splincrift finds out about the Four Horsemen, he's going to try and put a stop to that. It's bad for business. So he might he might actually give uh, help on the down low. All of the Chenku dragons, all of the Asian dragons, they, they don't like the horsemen either. You can, you can enlist them for it. And after that's over, these are still contacts you have. These are still people you can call upon or beings you can call upon for assistance information or passage back to where they're from. So this is a great way to introduce any European source book and any Asian source book. Is there a Rifts Middle East? Uh, not that I'm aware of, no. Huh. Not specifically. But you don't want to go to Rifts France. Well, you don't want to go to real world France. No, but it's worse in Rifts France. Oh. Okay, story ideas for the Pharaoh. The Pharaoh Ramaset. Now that the apocalypse creature is taken care of, the four horsemen are dead, you turn your, your goody two-shoes ways to the Phoenix Empire. And this gives you the story ideas to do that. And that's basically it. That is all of Africa. Now, adventure-wise, it's pretty slim. Pretty slim pickings. You have the main campaign, which is what most people get the book for. You have the secondary campaign, which is against the Pharaoh and the Phoenix Empire. And you have the general filler adventures against native witches and necromancers. And that's it. So story-wise, this is the weakest of the of the books I've read for for riffs. The absolute weakest. But it's still not the worst. Still <laughs> not the worst. The New West is worse. Much worse. Because it is not separated by a giant ocean. So all of the powers and skills and abilities can easily go into the mainstream North America 
and screw with your screw with your stuff. There, the 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 powers in the New West wreck wreck all other source books and world books. Just wreck them. Awful. I didn't like the the trope. I thought it was overly tropey. I tend overly to like tropes. Trope. Yes, but it was too overly tropey. Yes. And- yes, it is a caricature of yeah spittoons, saloons, and and. Even Roadhogs for TMNT didn't do that. (laughs) Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It's it's way too much. It's over the top. Africa, the only over the top thing are the Armageddon creatures, but they bring about the end of the world. So they should be as high as the top. Right. I mean, it really should. So I get it. But. uh, Yeah, that's Uh, it. That's so invented. That is it. We that should have put it. the four horsemen of the apocalypse in with this video because if it was like seven seconds long. <laughs> well, I, I wanted to accent I how it. weak the adventures are in the African continent. That's it. That's bad. Okay. Oh, look at that. I'm going to do this right now because it'll be on stream. Hey, Dizzy, good to see you. By the way, she's in the Pathfinder 2 game that I was playing in with uh, James Elko. So it's yep. good to see her here. Nice. Um, all right. So well, I've got a I've got a question for you. Well, I kind of I got a comment and a question, which is I agree okay. with you. This book is lacking from what I could tell. Um, is it worth the money? Because one of the things that like I look at a book, it's like, you know, some of the information might be lacking, but you know, it's got reusability. I'm not even seeing reusability in this. No, book. no. This book does not have reusability. But but if you have a medium or high level group of characters, even in North America they can get wind of this. They have higher level supernatural friends who will say, Hey, you know, the coalition of the willing is gearing up and going to Africa to save the world. And we want you in. And you can say, yeah, sure. I'll do it. And then you can introduce this as a high level campaign. And it works because the horsemen are high level campaign material. Definitely. Definitely. So this book has uses. For $25, $35, you can get a good six months out of this book, at least, okay. just in the Horseman campaign. And if you want to do the Rama Tut overthrow, you can get another good six months out of this. Okay. But so, sounds good. Re- I was just curious, but uh, yeah. I thought you were going to say something differently than that. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised and I'm happy. No, that, that, but uh, re- replayability is atrocious. You're right. Yeah. It okay. is atrocious. I only got one comment to, to put up there. Uh, Kill Raven says, uh, Laszlo's stats are underwhelming relative how much he gets talked up and beyond the Supernatural yeah. Second the Edition. The thing is, uh, Victor Laszlo has hero status, right? Except he doesn't have hero stats. He doesn't have hero actual accomplishments. He is revered. And over the decades and centuries, he's had a lot of smoke blown up his, uh, his uh, butt. <laughs> And he's a little, he's a little bigger than his britches now. He he doesn't live up to his hype. Oh, does he believe his own hype? No, no, no. Oh, he's okay, not okay, okay. his own Kool Aid. No, no, no. He's a super humble dude. Okay. All right. So even though he doesn't live up to his hype, people who meet him like him and respect him because he's a cool dude. Okay. All right, then let's uh, let's end this here. Let's let's keep it short. Like, subscribe, share, etc. Yada, yada. You know, you know, you know, the YouTube stuff. Or if you're watching on Rumble or somewhere else, do the Rumble things, do the kick things. Where else are we streaming? I think we're streaming on Twitter. I don't know. <laughs> we're streaming everywhere just because it's fun. 
All right. All right. Yeah, uh, do you want to get the link out to folks so that I can yep. laugh at them? <laughs> That's right. Oh. Invite copy. All right, it is time for segment three where we uh, talk about uh, what are we talk. Oh, we go through YouTube comments. You get to call in. The link has been put out there on the uh, YouTube, Twitch, and uh, Rumble sides. So go ahead and call in if you got questions. Remember, questions have got to be about Mutant Mechatron or about Rift's World Book for Africa. And uh, yeah, in the meantime, we will read some comments and see what people said about last week's nonsense. Zoom in on this stuff. Can't read chat anymore because I'm zoomed in. All right, what do we have? Uh, well, this wasn't last week, but you know, it's relevant to you and riffs. I'll okay. let it slide. Uh, just saw this in my feed pointed out in a lot of ways, the CS coalition states is like the empire. They are truly evil souls at the top. Yep. But the average citizen is just as likely to be principled and scrupulous. Yeah. Mm, Again, yeah. secure. Well, a citizen, just the farmer wanting that protection. I can see it. Sure. Um, as I see the CS propaganda is true. They see DB's like, see, yeah, again, propaganda taking yes. over people's brains. It's what you're taught. So it's a good thing to fight against them. Turn them in or seek help when you encounter them. This even applies to soldiers of Jesus. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, uh, the average grunt is not going to be some super evil monster. He's going to be someone that believes he's doing the right thing or needs a paycheck. <laughs> Following the laws in order. For all intents, uh, he's just as good as a cyber knight he's fighting from his point of view. There's oh, too many Star very, Wars references in here. Very, very Star Wars versus Sithy type <laughs> thing going on. But yes, yes, uh, the, the coalition... The idea of it is not inherently evil. It is not. It is trying to save humanity. Who th this is humanity's world. Make no mistake. It was ours. The evil, the DBs took it, and we want to take it back. That's fair. That uh, all right. This is members only stuff. Members only stuff. All right. Uh, Two, uh, two. A while ago. Well, no, uh, Per has been uh, actually watching us for a while. He was struggling with our Discord for a bit, but he finally got in. So, yeah, oh. <laughs> he, he liked to. And I'll get back to that one on my own. Oh, we have a new member. Ooh, that. that. Yeah. Thank you very much for being a member. Oh, but that's, I don't read comments on comments, so I'll come back to that one. Wow, a lot of comments on comments. Yeah. Hopefully There's a discussion between two folk on that one. Yeah, hopefully they're not angry. Uh, okay, this is last week. Mummies are like the anti-vampires. Okay, yeah, I didn't, I didn't read a whole lot of the World of Darkness mummy book, but uh, mummies are a mixture of mummies and Highlanders, I guess. <laughs> I'll spit my drink up. You know, kind of like that. I was not interested at all. So that's that's the width and depth of my knowledge, right there. Mummies would interest me because, again, you know, when you're talking necromancer, what some people may or may not know is I love playing necromancers in d, &D. I kind of got that out of my system after doing it for a couple of decades. But something like a, 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 a mummy is much more interesting to me for whatever reason than a vampire or werewolf. Uh, all the other stuff. Believe it or not, Wraith was more interesting to me until somebody said, yeah, when you play Wraith, you start off the game and you can like shake an ashtray. And that's pretty much it. I was like, eh, OK, well. It's not so crazy exciting. We've got Mar Hawkman. Let's go, him in. go ahead and throw him in while I'm scrolling down here. Mar Hawkman, how you doing? Hey. Uh, so, well, one of the things that I thought of with the four horsemen thing was yep. a rather simple idea. It's like, what if the campaign you're playing, your actual goal is to prevent the horsemen from actually reaching Earth because you oh, 
found out that they're in some alternate plane trying to leave that plane and get to earth. Okay. That sounds interesting, but it can't work. Here's why Mm. they go from planet to planet, ruining it and ruining it and ruining it. The next one, ruin the next one, ruin the next one. So you would have to travel to an earth. They just ruined because now they are gaining power to, to uh, traverse the, rift to go to the next world they're going to conquer so that means you have to immediately fight a merged armageddon creature which you don't want to do because you're gonna lose and badly gods can't fight this thing you're not gonna win well so that's that, that a the horrible idea did the idea i had was i it wasn't like trying to kill it, just trying to keep it away from Earth. <laughs> oh, kind of like point in another direction, like <laughs> go that way, or you know, or like, or no, leaving breadcrumbs out. Follow this, yeah. or 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 like in Buffy, where it it's just, it's just like you go stay in your hell dimension and and uh, you, you stay out of ours. Okay, that, like, that but is, basically like force the portal closed or something. Okay, that is an interesting idea, but like I said earlier the horsemen are a force of nature. They can't be reasoned with. They can't be bargained with. They will do what they're going to do. And that's it. That's all. The Mm. only thing you can do is murder them. That's all. So if you can't do that, you're going to lose. All right. Ready then. Cool. Thank you, you, Mark Hawkman. I'm going to, I'm going to read a couple here and then we'll bring in the next one. Okay. Uh, Well, now, I totally want to go back and replay this game using the resistance rules. Thanks. This is, I, whoops, I wanted to spend a moment on this comment because uh, a lot of what I've said when covering Mutant Year Zero, Mutant Mechatron, Mutant Gen Lab Alpha is like, guys, I don't want to spoil things for you because it is worth playing. And I'm glad that by going over the game, even if it's just this one aspect of it, that uh, people are like, oh, man. Yeah, I, I definitely want to do that. I really think that they are well done. Very under appreciated games even if all you do is just play them for the prequel stuff then you know do everything else after you know for mutant year zero i get it but yeah absolutely 100 i i play it the way it's written that's why i'm not spoiling anything intentionally you can do all types of imaginative stuff play it as written once i think you'll have fun with it um and then the crafting gamer says question if mutant humans were to go to paradise valley would the watchers still view them as human or view them as experiments and treat them accordingly. That's there, okay, it, nope. That's there's a spoiler, and I can't answer that. Oh. Well, it, w- without the spoiler, it'd be up to the game master. Because if I made robots to follow all of my commands, I would make sure they could scan me and know that I am who I am and I am who I'm supposed to be. Whereas all the mutants, yeah, uh, it's all, written all, in what would happen. Okay, all all the mutants were are not human anymore they're not really human according to the records of the computers so would they or wouldn't i know uh, i can't i can't can't answer that for you because it's written in there and it's and it's an important spoiler so okay i'm gonna bring in oh Oh my god earthquake dirty are you okay yeah yeah dirty ogre are you there get (laughs) to a load-bearing wall (laughs) what you got going on (sighs) You're wrong, heathen dog. Africa is worse than New West. (laughs) I knew it. (laughs) Africa is worse than New West because there's nothing there. It's an empty book. You might as well have blank pages for the Africa uh, as a world book. As an adventure book, it's fine. It's good. But once you play it, 
Max no pointed that out. It's not no replayable. Yeah. It's like I, I was talking with my wife. This would be the Africa World Book would be the only book, even if Kevin Kevin was standing right next to me and I was talking to somebody, this would be the only book I would say don't buy it. Just go on the inter internet and, and pirate it. It's not worth it because it's not – because as a world book, there's nothing there. There's no culture. New West has culture. Japan book has culture. Uh, Mystic, Ch Mystic Green, Russia oh has God, culture Green. in it. All the other world books have, have some dealing with culture. All this has is the Four Horsemen, the Phoenix Empire, and once you get rid of those, you know, there, there's, there's nothing about – the previous, there's nothing about uh, the the pre-apocalypse or, you know, the age of chaos or whatever. It, it's just, it's there. You go, stop the four horsemen, overthrow the Phoenix Empire. You're done. Go home. Okay. Take a, take a right. drink of water. Everything, Calm down. Like <laughs> everything you said, except for it's worse than New West, I agree with. Now, the reason I don't agree that it's it's the second worst book is because, yes, it has very little explanation in the way of culture. Now, the culture is there. It's just not explained as well as all the other source and world books do. It is not explained. There is the culture of the of the tribal stuff, of the medicine man and the rainmaker. All of that has flavor. It's just not given to you immediately. you got to kind of make it up or study it, whatever. I get that. But I'd rather have no culture than the crap ass culture from from New West. It's garbage culture. It no, garbage it's, it's culture. A, it, New West is fine. New West is good. See, there's, I, there's, I would there's agree really with you, Nerdy Ogre. No, no. If, I would agree. I would agree with you if I see. I don't like westerns. That's my big thing. So on top of that, then the caricature of the spittoon robots. I was like, I'm out. I, uh, but other than that, I would on a, on a logical level, I would have to agree with you. But. I would rather not own a book than own the New West book. I uh, see that it, it it's that's, that, that's the way I feel about Africa. I would I would yeah. rather just rather not, not own it. it. Yeah. I would just recommend just pirate it. New West is worth it. You know, hey, you've got hey, OCCs, you got various don't cultures. Kevin's games. Yeah. Huh? We don't we pirate Kevin's games. Condone piracy of Palladium books. If you want to pirate uh, any Dungeons and Dragons book from third, fourth, and fifth. I'm not. I'm not going to tell you how to do it, but I'm not going to be mad at you. No, no. I right, see. I don't work. I don't. I, I don't. I wouldn't do it. I'd say buy the book, support the support the you know buy the books, support the company. Palladium's a great company. From everything I've seen of of Kevin, he's a great guy. It just really dropped the ball. I mean, a complete fumble with 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 africa it's okay. it's just it's it's like you go to the store you buy a box of fruit loops and you open it up and it's cornflakes i mean again and i've got to let you we got to let you go but uh, uh you, a lot of people agree with you i don't you know whether we do or not a lot of people agree with you any last words heathen dog uh just just the fact that uh he's right uh there is no re replayability in this uh unlike the other books culture is not uh front and center like with Japan, Russia, China, uh, Wormwood, Britain, NGR, whatever. All of that culture is front and center. It's part and parcel to the book. Africa doesn't have that, but I'd rather not have it than have shitty culture of the New West. Now, again, 
I don't know about Australia. I'll read Australia later. It might be the new number one. <laughs> okay. I, I, think yeah, I don't know about order. Australia either, but you know, you I, 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 it can't be worse than Africa. All right. I'm not <laughs> mad at you, nerdy. I know where you're coming from. I just don't agree with the top two, with the number one and number two. You're, you're giving gold where I would get silver and vice versa. We're close enough. Good right, enough. You, you take care, sir. Thank you for right, hopping in. Peace out. Boom. All right. Uh, got a super chat here from Hungar the Starvarian. Sorry, ladies. He's taken. <laughs> there, there's no vampires in Africa because they bless the rains. Oh, they bless the rains they, down in down Africa. In Africa. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Actually, I, I know what you're doing there, but just so people know, there are vampires in Africa. There's not a lot of them, but there are there. That's why they say specifically a necromancer is immune to vampire powers. If there were no vampires, then they wouldn't care. Vampires <laughs> in the desert is awesome, right? No rain, no water. They don't. <laughs> they don't. Uh, they don't starve like they don't. They don't dehydrate like other people. They just need blood. Thanks, Hungar. Appreciate that. The five dollars. You're awesome. Uh, over here, we got. Uh, if you're small, furry, and heavily armed, you are the resistance. Yeah, it's fair. You are now. <laughs> Uh, great as always. Oh, that's for you. Oh, that's nice. Uh, oh, Paradise Valley. When I was stationed in Western... Oh, geez, how long is this? Very. Um, are you going to specifically between regarding blah blah blah? Uh, undirected shot to the ground before engaging hostiles. First time, second blah 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 blah. blah. Uh, we only had a show that fired undirected shot to the ground. Shoot. Oh, this is talking about the. Okay, I made a comment. People sent me some messages behind the scene. I said, don't use a, don't take a warning shot for home defense. If you are a Second Amendment person and you carry a firearm with you, don't don't fire a warning shot. It's still considered assault, armed, yeah. aggravated. Yeah. Shoot to kill or run away. Actually, you should run away first. If you shoot, shoot to end the engagement. I say shoot to kill, but shoot to end. Whatever that means to you. Warning shots will get you in just as much trouble. Don't yep. do it. The, the only difference is that if you fire a warning shot, that means he gets a chance to fire back. So if you, if you survive, if you survive that, you may not, not only you're going to jail, but you've been shot. So but I'd rather you, just go to jail and not be shot. All the lawyers that I listen to talk to and so forth say, no warning shots are bad. If you just leave, get out. If you have time for a warning shot, you probably have time to get out of there. If you don't, then you're shooting to end the engagement. And I got a bunch of messages from people talking about warning shots. I, I, police and military, and this is a military style one. It's like, no, no, no. I'm talking civilian. I don't care what the military told you to do. I know what the military's told me to do. But if you're if you're walking out there with your 45, yeah, there there is only two instances where you don't have to first be able to run away. One of them is you physically can't because the person is assaulting you through the only door. The other one is if you are defending immobile people. People that literally can't be moved. Then the you're fine. The stink side says, this game doesn't interest me one bit. Okay. <laughs> but I'm here to drop you a like and comment to appease the algorithm gods. I told Aww. you. All right. I told all you right. somebody would do. <laughs> I mean, okay, I didn't think it would happen, but it happened. All right. Since I really enjoyed your message at the beginning of the video, I'm guessing well, that's RP Gate. Probably. I, don't know. I mean, I tend to have all types of messages. Happy role. Hey, I appreciate that. Uh, the stinkzoid. So thank you for coming by. Thank you for the comment. 
another one for me. Look, I'm getting them this week. Isn't that nice? It's usually great. you. Good stuff. Thanks. All right. You know, I like them nice and simple because then I can move on. By the way, the link is still out there for people to join if you want. Uh, thanks for this okay. video. This one's for you. Thanks for the video. Yeah. I like, you know, nice, simple comment. We can yeah. move on. Oh, uh, this update, that's uh, Friday Chill Stream player. To, well, this is kind of for you. Comes to the rules, there are two basic types of GM. Those who say, if it doesn't explicitly say you can, you can't. And those who are good GMs. <laughs> that's fair. Oh, yeah. Did there, I already... there is nuance. There is nuance, people. It's important. Take domestic skills twice using secondary skill slots. Treat as professional level, yes. Yeah. But this only works for domestic skills. I thought I saw that for some other ones as well, but you might be right. Yeah, I with, with the whole taking skills twice thing, most people house rule that. For me, uh, if it's a if it's a secondary skill, you take it twice. It becomes professional. Great, but I also give a bonus if you learn it twice. You end up learning it better. Okay, and so you get a bonus to the initial the initial skill rank, as if it were something like a related OCC. That's what I do. All right, go ahead and grab. Since uh, I'm looking for another one here, go ahead and grab. Uh... We got Gaming with ADHD. If you've not seen his channel, you should check out his channel. He does like interviews and painting and battle tech and some other stuff. How are you doing today, uh, sir? Can you hear us? Um, oh, come on. <laughs> I think that's a no. I'll that's be back. A... This is being dumb. <laughs> All right. But he has his own channel, so he knows how to do this. He'll yeah. be back. <laughs> he did it on purpose. He just wanted yeah. to bad. He wanted to come in twice. Yep. <laughs> uh, dude, I don't know if Riff's topics are doing well for you guys, but thank you. I looked thank for Riff's you. content some months ago and somehow missed your channel. Love Riff's. Good friend of mine in high school, GM Riff's myself. Oh, God. Hello. Okay, this one's good. Yeah, you, uh, you committed before understanding. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's okay. It's like sometimes I'm like, what the? Uh, let's see, where, where are we here? A good friend of mine in high school, GM Riff's for myself and other friends. But while I enjoyed playing the whole mixed fantasy sci-fi setting, wasn't my thing something I relate to? Mm-hmm. The two shouldn't mix. And yes, I did grow up with strong preference when it came to different kinds of foods mixing on my plate. <laughs> Food separate. Did I read this one last week? I think I read I this one last did. week. Yeah, yeah, you've already you've already hit like and love. All right. Yep, I did. Well, you know what? This was such a good comment. It deserved. deserved and I'm going to give Gaming with ADHD oh, a moment. To go. Oh, there he is. All right. There we go. All right. Can you hear us now? What? We Now we can't hear you. God damn it. It got worse. Oh, I hear him. Oh, here now. Yard. Give me a second. One, two, three. There we go. There we oh, go. Now, okay, can, can, can you hear, hear us? Yeah. <laughs> oh, there we go. Oh, there it is. I All was right. shouting out your channel. You did that on purpose, so I took extra time to <laughs> shout out your channel, didn't <laughs> No, I, no. Anyway, sorry. bastard. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what's going on? What you got for us? All right. So one thing I do want to point out about Africa. Um, yeah, there's a lot of missing information. But don't forget, this is one of the early settings in Rifts. This came okay. out in 1993, yep. um, and they have not revised or expanded yep. anything on it since. Maybe because of all the hate? There's a lot of hate. I mean, There's a lot of hate for this book in the Australia book. Sure, but I mean, I remember when it came out, it was like, hey, cool, we've got something new. And so you're going to compare it, you know, 30 years down the road, and, uh, you know, it, it, when we've had you know, Australia, whatever you hate about it. Yes. There's a ton more information in it. You've got, uh, you know, the, the, they did a book on Canada for Pete's sake, yeah. you know, <laughs> violence solves so, everything did say, I thought riffs Canada was pretty bad. 
<laughs> I haven't read that one yet, but that that's kind of my point. Is just it, put these things in their historical context, not just what's the game content we get out of it, because you know it it's been thirty years of development yeah. since. So all right, so so your your whole thing is uh, listen. This this is like uh, trying to trying to cancel John Wayne because he's a product of his times. You know, it's a, it's a, it's the same idiot exactly. thinking. I mean, uh, <laughs> th this this was in 1993. Players and the, and the makers of games at that time had different focus, different priorities than games do now. So it's not necessarily going to meet your specific standards of today, but it has a place. It has a use, maybe not as a world book, but definitely as an adventure book. It is worth the money. Yeah. Get it absolutely. with that in mind. And you'll have, you won't have a buyer's remorse situation. Do you see this hot take? That is a hot take. And uh, can I ban him? <laughs> <laughs> Heathen Dog likes to ban. Remember, I'm the non banner. He wants to ban everybody. Put him at least a timeout. <laughs> but yeah so that's that's kind of how i look at honestly most of riffs because there haven't been a whole lot of books coming out recently not none but i mean it's been a lot slower and just you know again look at when they came out what they were doing at the time what they decided to 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 explore and i think overall it it put out some just really interesting things on its own so Okay. That's cool. Well, hey, I, I'm, I'm yeah. gonna give you up. Go ahead, Vietnam. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, I, I I agree that it does have merits, but compared to to the other world books that came out in the '90s, it is lesser. I, I actually won't disagree with you on that. It's I'm not saying it's the strongest. I'm just saying it doesn't it has necessarily merit. deserve all the hate. Yeah, yeah, it has merit, and I agree. So I'm going to do two things I don't normally do. First of all, I'm going to give Heathen Dog another opportunity to time somebody out. <laughs> Second fan, because he will. It's it's all in fun. It's not a permanent ban or anything like that, but he will time you. He's done it to my wife. <laughs> um. So and there it is, right there. And I can't click it off the screen because he did that. Now, oh, okay. <laughs> so, uh, um, perfect tangent. Um, uh, he'll be back in what five minutes? Uh, back in five minutes. But, uh, <laughs> and here's he, find his center. Here's the other thing. Um, go ahead, Game with ADH. Go go ahead and plug your channel. What you got going on this week? What you've done recently, oh, real quickly. So, it, what I've got going on this week? Come on, man. Have you watched my channel? It's all over the place. I know. Anyways, let them know. Let them know how. Because maybe somebody likes painting. Maybe somebody likes BattleTech. Maybe somebody likes a video game. I don't know. Yeah. No. Honestly, my channel is all over the place. It's all about yeah, pretty much anything tabletop gaming because I have the mind of a squirrel and I'm going to get interested in all sorts of stuff. So I cover painting, miniatures, um, board games, role-playing, whatever really strikes my interest pretty much that day. Um, there is a schedule. I won't go into it here, but if you want to just come in, have some fun, I do a couple of live streams a week where I'm just painting and talking with the chat. So happy to have anyone here um, and always appreciate the you know the the content that legion of myth puts out it's like i don't i i was let's just say i was listening to you guys during sunday school instead of the lesson but um, <laughs> <laughs> oh no oh no I, i'm having a beatles moment we're 
We're bigger than God. We're bigger than Jesus. <laughs> no, I'm no. not going to say, I'm not saying bigger. I, I just got distracted today. <laughs> Before you go, his channel name is in down there. You see right there, Gaming with ADHD. Check him out. And uh, we, we like, uh, can I let you drop now, sure? But uh, thanks for right. popping on in and you have a good day. Thanks. All right. Good folks, good folks. So, all right, uh, we've gone through the comments. I think uh, we've hit all the folks that wanted to call in for today. I think this is a successful show. I'm going to put up the thank you, let you do some words of wisdom, and then we're out of here. Bye-bye. Uh, perfect tangent. I respect your opinion. I really do. I'm just really sad that you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that that is a personal hill for you to climb. And uh, I'm not going to help you. Anyway, uh, thank you for everyone for stopping by. Uh, again, Riffs Africa, everyone told me it was bad. One of the worst. And I gotta, I gotta say, it is the, it is the least of many. It is lesser of, of many when it comes to world books. It's worth the main campaign. It definitely is, especially if, if your group is jaded, and they, they need, uh, they need, uh, they got power creep problems. Well, the horsemen solve your power creep problems. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> and so you can get another six months out of your rifts campaign if you want to drop them into Africa for a bit. So if, if the, if you can buy the book for $25, getting six months of, a, of, of a campaign adventures out of it, that's a good deal to me. So, uh, yeah, go ahead and think of it, think of it as a venture book instead of a world book and you'll have a better time.